It's the SOC. Yes, the State of Combat with Brian Campbell on CBS Sports is back. And you know it returns with a bang. Pro wrestling style. In your face. In your feels. In your ear hole. Backjacked and sponsored by that one and only performance enhancing audio. You better believe that the Brian Campbell is, is the voice that you hear. I know I got accused of eating on the podcast on air during the MMA show, and I know how much that angers people. I will not be eating during this episode. Did you actually, did you actually do that? I did actually do that, although there is a, uh, you know, some type of food on my mind. Dean Ambrose looks like he wants a piece of this pie. Don't we all, Dean. Don't we all? Uh, yeah, you know the routine, guys. Five stars. It's all about the five. Why do I have to keep asking for this, all right? If you listen to the show and you're part of this army, I didn't say what side of the of the great war you're on, but you're part of this army. Get get out there. Five stars. Put a, put a sentence. Tell me BC's cold-hearted now. Because you guys have no problem telling me on Twitter. Bring it. We're here. Let me know you are listening. Let me introduce my co-host, my rival, Maybe for the last time before we break off and go separate ways, because that red and black Wolfpack Attack podcast is forming. I got Bob Backlund on TalkBox. Maybe I'll bring in Black Saber Jr. We're forming a team here, but for now, let me bring in the bad guy. Say hello to the bad guy. You know what I'm going to say. He's hedged a few times. He said he never did, but he's the Silver King. Adam Silver King. Hey, now, we should train, change your name, BC, to IT, Idle Threat Campbell, because that's what you Oh, are. I'll follow through on this thread. And I don't know, man, there's, there's like the people are piling on, like, you used to be the voice of powers of positivity I, on GP. <laughs> now I can't stand you. Like, guys, I change by not changing at all. I've always been about the truth. When it's good, I don't want Silver King to give you the black lining on the silver cloud. But come on, guys. All right. Come on. Sometimes Look, people... there's a well, listen with WWE. There's always a dark lining. I mean, there's it's never perfect. Right. So you're never going to get an experience where it's 100 percent positive. And that's why powers of positivity, Campbell, back in, uh, I guess, 2017 into 2018, didn't make much sense. I mean, that that just that wasn't someone who I ever really understood. And nor do I this one either. I mean, unless you're legitimately playing it up for our audience, um, you just gotta calm down. As you'll uh, as you'll you we you, put you in gotta this stop. much. Adam, we put in this much time to watching this thing, which is men in in their underwear playing out a soap opera, which we love. But if we're going to put in that much time and it's our job to care, you got to be passionate about it. You got to be soaking in it. You know, our you listeners do. are passionate about it, but people need to be prepared to hear the truth. It's like this PC generation. People don't want to hear the other side of the coin. They want to turn the podcast off. They want to, how do I turn my, how do I turn this stuff off? Braun Strowman once said, no, listen to the counterpoint, take it in, absorb it. It just might be truth, all right? Those dirty bedsheets spoke for themselves. I'm not going back down that road, though. But, Adam, it's coming up on WrestleMania season. It's also coming up on Mount Rushmore season. As we're getting closer to debuting, who will join Tristan Adelano up on that rock? And what will they earn? What role in this show moving forward? And, dude, the DMs are sliding in. Black Sabre Jr. this week at TKCXP coming in and says, P.S., once Rushmore goes black, 
it can never be whack. <laughs> never be whack. I'm down with that. I'm down with that guy. That guy's making a run right now. The guy whose name you hadn't mentioned until I mentioned it last week, right? Hey, that it, guy. It's about time WWE adds some color to their champions. It's about time the Mount Rushmore of the SOC realizes the strength of some of these guys. Some people are making late runs right now. We have to respect that game, all right? Speaking of some, uh, you know, extraneous items that are going around the SOC world, I sent you something over Slack yesterday, a little design. Uh, what did you think of that design, and do you think that's something that we should pursue without going too much into it? I think there's merch on the horizon, all right? The people have okay. spoken. They want it. They want to wear, they want to wear us. You know what I'm saying? They want to feel yep. us that much. Feel that! Feel all of that. You can now feel us on your body pretty soon. Pretty soon. It's coming. Hope, right. Hopefully. What I need, this is what I legitimately need to know. Tweet us at State of Combat or tweet me directly at Silverstein Adam. Let me know if merch was available, if you would buy it. Now, you may not like the design. You may not like a certain shirt. You may wait for shirt number two or something else. But in theory, if merch was available, would you buy it? At State of Combat, at Silverstein Adam would on Twitter. Would you wear our hoodie? Would you carry around our tote bag? Would you feel it? You feel that? Something in my bones. I want. I want to. I want. I want to start feeling it. All right. I'm wearing two other people's designs for too long. All right. I did rock. Uh, did rock that blue DIY shirt in L.A. Man, so many people come out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Not just janitors. People like walking by on the streets give you that head nod. Like, yeah, brother. Like, like we're part of this together. You know. So I was at. I was at. I was wearing the blue DIY shirt last weekend. I was at a brewery like event uh, at a local brewery, and a guy behind the um, counter serving beers to everyone. He put up too sweet for me. Wow. I'm like, well, that doesn't really apply, but I'll do it because you respect man, respect the shirt. That blue DIY shirt's great. And you said something on this podcast probably four months ago, let's say, maybe three months ago, that they should make that exact shirt in black now that they're heels and kind of occasionally, you know, or are teaming they up. Heels? More to come on that, Adam. More to come on that, uh, and I would buy that shirt. Uh, that's maybe one of my favorite WWE shirts I own. It's soft. It's nice. Really solid. I really, really – I know I said this two weeks ago. I really regret not buying that Absolution shirt for five ninety nine that one time because we will never see that again. What are they called? Oh, fire that'll be up there. No, fire that'll be there. No, no there's, no, there's nothing in my size. It's gone. The, it like the only the, one. The only one I regret ever not buying was the Jericho shirt. I was going to say Y2AJ. Oh, no, AJ. sorry. The, uh, the AJ Styles Jericho yeah, shirt. Yeah, Y2AJ, the one that they put in the trash can. That thing disappeared off the side of the earth. Uh, there's some old model uh, Zach Ryder ones I'd like to acquire, too, like the uh, the hair gel ones, you know, those ones, but whatever. whatever. Y2AJ is what I meant. You're 100% <laughs> right. Um, BC, we have a lot of show to do. We did not do an instant analysis coming out of Elimination Chamber. All that means, folks, is we have an extended edition of the main event. This is the main event. And we will get to Elimination Chamber. And we will get to... My man. Yes, my man. Kofi Kingston, BC. But we got to start some, with something else. We got to start with four of the best superstars in NXT being brought into here. I am not using the word, word called up because we don't exactly know what it is yet, but brought into Monday Night Raw to compete and then again showing up Tuesday night on SmackDown. We're talking Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano. Alistair Black and Rick O'Shea, also known as Rick, yes, also also known as Ricochet. Uh, these guys, BC, were brought up with very little to no explanation. Triple H really was not clear when he announced it at the start of Raw. They went six and zero in their matches with wins over Andrade, Elias, 
The Bar, new Raw Tag Team Champions, The Revival, and Lashley and Leo Rush. That was the Finn Balor Ricochet team on Raw. Oh, I also missed Eric Young because guess what? Sanity was on TV this week. That was pretty cool. BC, what the hell's going on? This is a great question. Look, I thought this was the biggest story of the week by far. All I have to do is look at my DMs. I got about 73 DMs from the listeners wanting to know that same question. What do you think is happening? And I even saw, even though I'm saying staying spoiler free, I did see someone retweet into my timeline some Meltzer explanation that this was a Vince choice and maybe even Triple H didn't know what was going on. That's the, the, the as close as I'll go to the dirt sheets, though, because I wanted to try to figure this out for myself. This was weird. It was certainly presented better on SmackDown than it was on Raw. Raw was a very weird-ass episode, and I, I was disappointed by it. I, I was confused by it. Look, at its core. Are we fired the heck up to see big-name NXT stars get sent up and then get wins? Yes, at its core. But this was, it really seemed like a mis-execution of a good idea. It felt rushed, it felt haphazard, and specifically on Raw, the problem was, and a lot of people tweeted about this and they were right, it just didn't seem to connect with any current storyline, it didn't seem to make a lot of sense, why call somebody up in the middle of WrestleMania season with really no announcement, not even in some kind of special surprise, we're here and we're taking over, it's just like, oh, this guy's here, here's Michael Cole gonna read five facts about him, and then they're gonna beat our champions clean? There's a lot of issues here. Well, before and we'll get into the minutia of it, but before I just want to start off with this, there is no indication these guys were quote unquote called up. And why do I say that? Because every single time you saw them on walking to the ring, getting their entrances, it had the NXT tag. It didn't say Raw, it didn't say SmackDown, it didn't say WWE, it didn't say nothing. It specifically said NXT. They had their NXT titles with them, Gargano and Champa, bringing them to the ring. In the promos they cut, they talked about NXT. Champa today, this morning, this is Wednesday, sent a tweet about him and Gargano saying, we are DIY, we are NXT. So they're not talking about being WWE superstars, main roster superstars. At the same time, they didn't necessarily explain that they're not that. Because right. if you if you go back a couple years, when they did the NXT showcase matches, we enjoyed those. And it was like, hey, regular fans, look at what we're doing over here. Come subscribe to the network for NXT. And by the way, we're going to have a sick-ass takeover before WrestleMania. Make sure to watch it. There was connection. There was reason for doing it. There doesn't seem to be rhyme or reason for this. As you said, it was just weird. It, it was really weird. And not weird in good ways. And a lot of people were defending it. And, and look, if you're defending it under the let's wait and see scenario, I get that. But a lot of mm-hmm. people coming at me, calling me a crybaby. Say, but look. It comes down to this. It felt a lot like vegetable lasagna. And what I mean by that is vegetable lasagna is the worst reality in the world because lasagna is the best meal ever. It's a He's gluttonous... also the worst person to sit next to you on a plane. But go ahead. Yeah, it's a gluttonous, carb-heavy, so much cheese, so much meat, so much sauce. It's the perfect meal. It's just, it's, it's just a bag of sex. Let's be honest. Lasagna is amazing. My mom growing up made a great lasagna. Then for two years, my parents got health conscious. And not a little health conscious. They went all in overboard, full-on salad, steamed vegetables every day. And as a kid, you're just going to, you know, you're going to rally against that. But my mom said, don't worry. I'll still make you your favorite <laughs> lasagna. Little did I know that meant three times a year we had vegetable lasagna. And look, this felt like that. Seeing guys we really love just sort of walk in and not even – look, the matches weren't bad. I'm not trying to say the matches were bad. 
but they weren't wrestled in NXT style. They were wrestled in main roster Raw Pro style. Uh, the tag matches were were really closer good. to NXT style, but not fully. And look, there's a difference because for all we cry about how much we love NXT, and if only WWE knew what they had in NXT, if only Vince realized what this really is and could change things. What we really mean is taking NXT and putting it in SmackDown spot. Really, you can call it SmackDown if you want. What we or what I really want is taking the style, the presentation, everything about NXT. It's not taking NXT superstars and then just plugging them into Raw and SmackDown. We see that anyway twice a year to varying degrees of success, largely lesser degrees of success than we've mm. seen them in NXT, largely. And mm. now, look, you can argue the whole idea about pl- a band playing in a club versus playing in a stadium. I get that. I also want to argue that maybe NXT should become its own show where you're doing it in the small arenas like TBS, WCW, Saturday Night back in the 80s. And it's about that intimacy, like world-class in the Sportatorium. It's about that intimacy. I know that doesn't equal as many um, ticket sales. It's another rabbit hole. But this can this conversation— Let's also not forget, Raw started that way, too. It wasn't as small, but it was small. Very true. This conversation uh, has to be connected with the tease that the WWE did, which is Wednesday night, tonight as we record this on the weekly NXT episode, which is also going to feature supposedly a hot fire Gargano versus Velveteen Dream title match for the North American belt, 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 title, belt, title, belt, title, uh, title, that there's a major announcement. So look, Adam, we got to dive right into this pool. The knee jerk reaction of this major announcement is, is this a third brand time? Is not only NXT going to finally get propped up as a legitimate third brand, and finally promoted out of being just a JV, you know, uh, create a superstar system for the main roster? And are they even going to go to the extension of bringing it to the masses and putting it on FS1 as part of this landmark giant billion-dollar deal? I think that, if that's true, does sort of possibly explain why this happened the way it did, why these guys were rushed out last minute, no one knew about it, and then they got dominant, you know, almost dominant clean wins. That has to explain it because you'd want to introduce these guys to your main audience and say this third brand is coming. Only, you know, again, they didn't do it in an invasion way. They just did it sort of piecemeal haphazard, and it's, it's just really confusing, and I don't want it to turn into vegetable lasagna where it's something that's a good idea, but then it's just really undersized NXT superstars fighting against larger guys and beating them, and it doesn't make sense. There's, the, well, I don't want this to be ruined. Well, first of all, a top-tier Seinfeld reference just went right over your head, and that really disappointed me, so I just want to get that out. Uh, but moving on from that, I mean, you really did nail it because nothing that happened on Raw or SmackDown gave us any indication of what might be announced or what might happen tonight. And before we even get into that, which you already kind of brought up, if you're going to do this, right, why the hell are you doing it in Lafayette, Louisiana? <laughs> why are you not saving this one week? Why are you not saving this? I think they're in Atlanta next week. Or if it's not Atlanta, because I didn't look at the schedule, it's like Dallas or Philly. It's a huge city next week. SmackDown was in New Orleans. That crowd was way better. And I'm going to talk about later the Lafayette crowd as a whole. Why not save this? Why not make the announcement and then if it is going to be this, it's going to be a show or a brand or something like that, start bringing them on TV next week. So you have the announcement and then you start showcasing. And why are you doing this 
during the road to WrestleMania. Look, last year, BC, we talked about, hey, WWE's really been in a bad way for a long time. And even SmackDown, to be fair, on the road to WrestleMania was not very good. But Raw, every single week was hot fire. We said, oh my God, it's getting better. They've turned on the juice. There were some down weeks, but for the most part, it ramped up. Combining Elimination Chamber with last night's Raw and the haphazard booking style and all, and bringing in these NXT guys, it says to me, they don't know they're on the road to WrestleMania. Well, it's a Vince or, or, decision. They're not it, realizing what time of year it is. Doesn't it scream a Vince decision, Adam? Vince is all oh, is, about yes. rewriting the show with five minutes to go and just... But it's one thing to rewrite the show in June and do something, yes. hey, we need to switch things up in June. It is freaking the end of February. You are six weeks away from WrestleMania. This is not the time to shake things up. This is the time to set your hot storylines for the show. And look, I may be wrong. Maybe there's going to be a big featured NXT match actually on the WrestleMania card. Okay. And if you're doing it for that reason, then that's fine. But BC, primarily what everyone thinks, what you think, what I think, is there's going to be an announcement tonight about either NXT expanding to two hours, going live, or maybe getting a spot on FS1 as a one or two hour live or taped show. Because there's so many machinations of it, we could talk about all of them. And if that's going to be the case, and they're going to say NXT is a real third brand in WWE, and when the superstar shakeup happens two weeks after WrestleMania, guess what? They're going to be included. So we're going to be sending WWE superstars to NXT and back, and, and they're going to be just as legit. Then we really need to discuss what that might look like, and more importantly, if that's the right decision. Before we get into that, and that's a large discussion and I'm ready for it, I want to ask you this one question because we're assuming it's everything you just said. One of those three, and those are all kind of connected. But because this feels like a Vince decision, because it was haphazard, it wasn't connected to any of the storylines on Sunday night. So to have an Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, which we're going to talk about, that was 75% disappointing, but then ends with this, oh yeah, and has a Becky moment, has a Kofi moment, has a lot of things going on in it, and then to have Monday feel like, that was in another universe, was yes. a Vince decision. So is there any chance that this isn't so much as connected to what's going to happen in the announcement Wednesday night, but a Vince panic job of the ratings are bad, so hey, Trips, hey, son-in-law, you're always talking about that those NXT guys you love. I'm going to take four of them and see if it pops the ratings. And then when it doesn't, I'm going to have my proof that NXT is just JV wrestling, brother. I, yeah, I mean, it, and, and even if it's not the whole side of I want to prove you wrong, even if it's just let's see if they pop, it was just poor, a poor representation of that. It was a poor representation, and there was no build for it. That's why I'm saying, like, you would say, hey, next week in Atlanta – it is in Atlanta because it's the Ric Flair thing. Next week in Atlanta, not only are we going to have Ric Flair's birthday announcement, you are going to see the four best superstars – in, from NXT in action on Raw. Then that's how you boost the ratings. You don't just do it the day after a pay-per-view. Coming out of Elimination Chamber, BC, look, I'm a wrestling fan, right? We've been conditioned in watching WWE forever. Maybe this is part of it. But coming out of a pay-per-view, I want to know about the fallout from the pay-per-view. <laughs> Your first match on the show, and you know what? We're gonna, I don't want to divulge from this because we'll talk about Raw separately. Um, but what I don't want is you just saying – hey, we're in Lafayette, here's four NXT guys. Trips is barely going to explain why they're there. Michael Cole is going to do whatever he possibly can to ruin their characters uh, by calling Alistair Black moody 
okay, and and not part of normal society and poorly explaining who these guys are and what their characters are. And an awful promo, by the way, from Aleister Black. The, like the, the content Horrible. is just awful. Horrible. And by the way, so is Ricochet. So is Ricochet doing this all about, I'm about achieving my dreams. Why is this guy about achieving his dreams? And we're mentioning Paducah, Kentucky 37 times. He's an aerial artist and he's amazing. Can he just be who he is? Why does, why does every African-American, when they come on the screen, have to be white me baby faces all about you know uh, achieving their dreams? Then they fail like Apollo Crews did, like Bobby Lashley did on the recent comeback until they turn him heel. It's like, wh- wh- why would you look at Ricochet and go, oh, yeah, there's got to be the all American. No, he's an athletic freak. He's pretty cool too. But but even the but they also did push him as an athletic freak and the 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 extent of it was this. He gets to the top rope, Michael Cole goes, "You're going to want to see this." Yeah, we're watching the TV, Mike. I'm watching. I'm going to see it. You don't need to preface that, "Oh, this guy who's really thin who's already done athletic stuff for the last 20 minutes is going to do something else athletic." So the, so And the, you don't need to tell me that Alistair Black Who's supposed to be some? Again, he's not really d- demonic or satanic or anything like that. But oh yeah, he uh, is, you know, dude. He's named after Alist- of- he's named after Alistair Crowley. He has many demonic tattoos. Okay. My, my he's point a is, demonic you don't have character. To say, my point is, you don't have to say he's those things, right? Because it's a PG. You don't have to say that, but you don't call the guy moody. I mean, are you freaking kidding me, Mike? What is like? I praised Michael Cole on this show a couple months ago, deservingly so, because I I think he gets a lot of crap for just saying things that Vince wants him to say. But they gotta stop with like it's boss time and Alistair Black is moody and all this crap. You are you're, the commentating on Raw in particular, but also on SmackDown. But Raw in particular is horrid. It's horrid. It's horrid. You just got schooled by Vintage Cole. And uh, so look, we're gonna extend in this conversation. I want to stay here one more thing. So maybe it's Vince panicking at the ra- panicking at the ratings. I don't know. Maybe it's Vince panicking that they had nothing. They don't seem to have anything laid out, Adam. I don't know the backstage things, and I don't want to search Melter's rags to find out. But it feels like there's they don't even have a plan to how to get from Royal Rumble to WrestleMania. It's painfully obvious. And if this NXT thing was some way to just distract and divert to get us there. It sucks. And my final point of complaining before we talk about the impact of what this announcement could mean is, you know, the vegetable is on your feeling that has me the most scared that Vince is going to ruin what trips just built for a year. I don't want to get I don't I don't want to get into it. I don't, I'm sorry to cut you off. Everyone talks about Vince ruining NXT guys. OK, well, then hear me out right now. I don't I, you, you can't. You got to stop with that. Why, like, why, Adam? It's not true. It's not true. I don't know, man. Is Samoa Joe pretty freaking awesome? Is, was Finn Balor the like, first? And like I said, Finn last month the on this Universal show, champion is Elias better on the main roster than he ever okay, was on NXT? And what did I say last month on the show? I said, with the exception of Elias, one, two, three, four, Samoa five, six, Joe. twelve no, it's people. It's not six. It's three. It's Elias, no. Samoa Joe, and the man version of Becky Lynch. With the exception of those three, man, every, Charlotte's better than she was hey, too. Hear me out. Every single person has downgraded. Some have been disasters, but most of them have been downgraded, and it's because of the presentation style of the main roster, which is more about 50-50, everybody gets a t-shirt, everybody sells merch, than it is about the story and wins and losses, which is why Tony Khan's speech, and I know I bring it all back to AEW, but for a reason, brother, if you listen to Tony Khan on Jericho, he gave a 20-minute rant about why wins and losses should matter and why they'll matter on AEW, and it makes sense. Of course course they should. That's things we say about WWE all the time. Okay, but you had to have that Vince feeling when you take the arguably in contention for the modern greatest story ever told, the Gargano Champa arc, 
which, by the way, had not fully come around on NXT, which means we were teasing the idea that we were going to get the black DIY heel tag team, but it wasn't consummated. It was left open-ended. No, no, no. They tagged on halftime heat already. Okay, they teamed up in a match that was forced between baby faces and heels in NXT. But that was part of canon because they did it at the end of the paper of, of Takeover. Right, but it they was. never announced that they're back as DIY. They never actually announced that they're a team. They just sort of announced that they're kind of both heels and they're coexisting. So to put them on the main roster and just throw them out there as not only A, a team, but B, present them as a baby face team. And you know what? I, C, I, and Adam C, present them in their worst potential light. Hear me out on this, because this is not me. This is the people. Kentucky Long Rifle. What is that, an email? From Bones at Not the Fake Bones said something that a lot of people were thinking. He says, I love NXT, and I know we are supposed to suspend disbelief, but there's no universe where the bar loses to those two little guys. And while I'm not completely on his side of the fence of being all Vince and being, you know, big, you know, size matters and, and Vince, you know, the, the whole Vince style and all that. Size does matter. Thank you, Big Kaz. Um, I'm not fully on that fence. <laughs> but Adam, wasn't our biggest fear about Gargano and Champa? Not fear, but one thing we said was they're so freaking amazing in the grounds of NXT that I don't even want to think about who they may become on the main roster. I don't even want them to potentially get to the main roster. Please, Billy, do not go to high school. I want you to stay there forever. But if they have to come up one day, wouldn't you want it in a storyline arc that makes sense against the right-sized opponents? Seeing them thrown in there as baby faces against an overly cinematic heel performance from Cesaro and Sheamus clowning them while wearing odd purple, uh, uh, just weird camouflage gear that yeah. didn't make a lot of sense... Look, that's not their best well, light. Adam, okay. if you've never seen Gargano and Champa before, and you know nothing about this great story, the and you're a main roster fan only, do you know what you saw? A tiny team that have separate titles, yet look like a tag team, and they just beat the damn bar cleanly. No, no, not not happening. No. So I'm, I'm not disagreeing with a lot of that, but I, I want to clarify it a little bit. So they didn't debut against the bar. They de- debuted against the Revival. Okay, and they beat the tag team champions, which... Even it's been, even though it's been a week, he's saying they're these guys are legit because they just beat the tag champs. They're similarly sized. Okay, that's number one. Number two, the when you bring up a new team like that, you're trying to put them over, and generally you don't put them over against a hot face team or person. So that's why Andrade lost, not Rey Mysterio. It's why Elias lost, not admit not Finn Balor. Okay, so I get the reason. So you need to put them against someone that is a heel, and they weren't the bar. They were overbearing over the top heels, but they weren't being heels to say that these guys are faces. They were being heels because these guys are smaller. They're coming from the you know the performance center from NXT. They were treating them like crap. They weren't saying these are good guys. We're bad guys. I did not think, and I know a lot of people said this, so a lot will disagree with me. I did not think DIY was promoted as a babyface team i didn't not with uh champa holding on to goldie his title and, and you know speaking under his the breath and acting style. like that i'm just saying i don't think that i don't think they were portrayed that way that doesn't mean that you're wrong and that doesn't mean that um i wouldn't have presented them and done it differently and maybe forced them to team up as opposed to them just being a team, like Triple H going back there and I need you guys to team up. True or false? Did they not wrestle from underneath? Did they not build to the hot tag? And did they not get a sort of sneaky win that sort of screams we're a babyface team? Like they were going against because they were going against heels, but that doesn't mean that 
they, they were booked on the face side, but they weren't presented as big baby faces like Ricochet was. Okay, but are people Ricochet wrong? Ricochet was pre- presented as a baby face. Are people wrong to have this take, which is from Pat at P underscore SKYZ, says if if Vince ruins Gargano Champa's long-term storyline, a.k.a. the stake, as Brian says, I may have to walk away from WWE for a while. Are we wrong to have that fear that that lasagna is going to come on our birthday, but there's going to be veggies in it, Adam? No, it's 100% legitimate to have that fear because I thought the same thing. I was like, did they just bring these guys up without ending their feud, without actually giving us the payoff that we've been working two years towards, right? Since uh, Champa tore his ACL and then wasn't seen for, you know, six months or nine months or however long it was. I totally agree. But I also don't think that's over. I, I have no thought in my mind that these guys are on the main roster and that they're not going to pay it off one-on-one with Gargano as the face and Champa as the heel at TakeOver New York. There's no, There's been nothing so far to tell me that's not going to happen. Now, tonight, everything might change, okay? Or maybe it won't. But for me, I don't think that anything – it's tough It's tough having this conversation because, I mean, ideally we would have taped this tonight, but it's just not possible because we want to get – there's so much to get to. We can't hold off all week. Um, but let me put it this way. If all of that transpires, then yes, Vince has again ruined something that legitimately had the potential to be not the greatest of all time. It's not mega powers explode, but one of the greatest WWE long-term storylines of all time. I just don't think that triple H as we love Paul. I don't think he's going to let that happen. I hope, Adam, because Paul came out as a babyface and supported Becky Lynch uh, run, breaking her suspension to run through and injure people and supported all this stuff. It was just weird, man. It was a weird well, night. Paul is, no, Paul, what Paul is portraying is like the authority for the Smarks. Okay, but then he's the heel against who we like every other No, month. he hasn't really been a heel since this he BS. the heel the authority Roman. now for, for, you know. WWE Universe? Well, I guess if he's going against Roman as an authority figure, he is representing the Smarks, so maybe you are right on the consistency And, he, and he's, in this case, he's going against Vince. Vince doesn't want anything with, with Becky, and Triple H is supporting her. So All right, I will, not, I will not allow Trips uh, be smirching on this timeline. I do agree with you. He is great. My point I is... I am great! Yes, yes. My point is, I agree with all the sentiment. Let's not jump off the deep end with Gargano Champa until they give us reason to. Until they fully... Drown them. Yes. All right. All right. So let's yes. get into what this announcement is. Here's my take real quick on this. If it's anything regarding we're going two hours each week on the network, we're going live on the network, even though there is potential, if that means the three brands are equal, that that could be good. I think it'll be a disappointment. I'm kind of going all nothing, all or nothing eggs in the basket that if this is a real giant announcement, it's we're going to FS1. We're pushing this to TV because here's what that says, Adam. If this goes to FS1, here's what this says, that this style of wrestling, this portrayal of the mixture of the indie scene with the old school scene, which is kind of what we're expecting that we're going to like out of AEW, by the way, which is a rival they are taking notice of, which is why there's rumors that everyone's getting offered five-year contracts, even though the contract is not coming up right now. Yes, they're watching closely, This is giant, okay? If this means we can have a third brand that is equal to Raw and SmackDown in terms of the where people stand in the overall WWE story and universe, which I guess would support why on Monday and Tuesday the NXT guys that I just complained about winning came in and won so dominantly, then if that's the case, this could be a win. 
And the reason why it could be a win, because there's a lot of people on Raw and SmackDown that we assume would do a lot better in the NXT world, just like there's certain people in NXT, Velveteen Dream, one of them that we know Vince can't ruin. He's going to go to Raw and be a star one day. So if we are closer to that dream, the same question we ask Paul Levesque every single time, are people going to be able to float back and forth and it won't seem like a demotion? If the answer is yes, and NXT isn't broadcast from some giant 20,000-seat arena where it won't feel the same and instead is in full sale or at least does a small little theater tour type of circuit, right? then this is great. This is what we want, and this is a really smart counter move from WWE. You can call me crazy to say, okay, AEW is potentially going to put something out on Tuesday nights because SmackDown's moving from Tuesday to Friday. So AEW is going to potentially put out something on Tuesday nights. Or, or Wednesday, potentially. One, that, one day. that could compete yeah. with us. So let's put out a better version of it, maybe even on the same night. We don't know. And let's put it on FS1 so the masses can find it. Beautiful counter-programming. That's why we all win. Again, the revolution isn't about me telling you that NJPW or AEW is the best thing that ever happened to you. It's about the core values of getting WWE to be as good as they can be. Because if they are, we all win. Remember when we used to win in the 90s, Adam? It was great. We didn't complain every week that Raw's putting warning track power out there in their creative. They went for it. They put the balls on the screen. Bear ball. They did stuff like that. I want to be free balling again. So that's what the revolution is about. All you haters who think I turned on you, no. I want quality. I want competition. I want to invest my time and feel like it was worth it. I don't want to come on this show and have Adam defend Vince's booking as they did it for this reason. No, it sucked, okay? And it's going to be good again if when do I defend Vince's rises booking? up. When do I defend Vince's booking? And People the one look at you, you as a use... corporate guy who may or may not be paid under the table by WWE and... <laughs> to protect them in I'm, this podcast. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, and the one word that you didn't use, which is really what your point is, you want the steak. That's what you want. You want the steak. Now, I want to read something. I, I want the meat. I want the real meat, the meat that you've talked about before on the show. Let me tell you Let me tell you a piece of meat that I enjoyed. <laughs> yes. I don't want ground beef, okay? I want the real stuff. I knew as soon as I said that. That was dangerous. Uh, I want to read you the actual announcement that WWE put out here in case you guys think that we're like going crazy off the reservation because we saw some NXT guys on TV. You guys may not have seen this. It was called a special announcement will be made. That's the headline. The story is one paragraph. Get ready because this week's NXT will feature a special announcement with no additional details currently available. Speculation about what's in store for the black and gold brand is running wild brother. Now the question is, are they just going to announce Hulk Hogan as the new GM? Okay. If it's not that. Oh, no, don't, don't. That would ruin it. That would, would ruin everything about NXT, brother. <laughs> no, no. I was joking. I didn't mean to put that into the universe. Oh, I'm sorry. Please, look, if can we just rewind and take that out? I run this show around No, here. no, brother. Brother, you run. No. <laughs> it's over. It's um, over. But, but assuming, assuming it is a big announcement, and it is not that NXT is a co-equal brand to raw and smackdown let's just say the announcement is we're gonna put nxt on fs1 for 90 minutes a week live that's the announcement it is not that nxt smackdown and raw are our three main roster brands because there is a differential there and it really sticks with people moving back and forth it would still probably mean people only move up and don't come back right if that's the announcement, are you disappointed or are you just as happy as if as if it's a co-equal third brand? 
I think putting it on regular TV and look, I know you can argue FS1 isn't in as many homes as like, you know, ESPN1 or ESPN2, but still it's, it's, in a, le- it's in a ton. It's a legitimate channel. OK, this isn't, you know, pop TV or, or whatever, you know, um, this even if it's not equal in terms of the universe, it's still a giant push forward in terms of accepting and realizing what they have here. And I think trying something out. Look, FS1 ratings for NXT in any universe are never going to top SmackDown on Big Fox on a Friday night and are never going to top at Monday Night Raw on USA because it's an established thing, right? There's so many wrestling fans that only skim through Raw when it's live and don't watch anything else, okay? But what I'm saying is if the rating overachieves on FS1, it starts to tell you that this style of wrestling is what people want. And if AEW has a lot of success, that also could help NXT get an even bigger push. I mean, look, what do we want in the end? Do we want Raw and SmackDown presented like it's NXT? Yeah, I don't know if I don't believe that it could ever happen with Vince alive. So if the next best thing is to have NXT push to the forefront, whether it's in that universe or not, it's a win. And I know you're going to say, what, Campbell, what does it matter to you? You have both FS1 and the WWE Network. Why do you care so much? Because I want WWE to care so much and realize what they have. Well, it also matters because if NXT goes on TV, they start getting the they being the superstars start getting paid either exactly like or closer to main roster performers. And it gives you if if they do extend the time and they give you 90 minutes, it has the ability to expand the NXT roster and get more of the people that only are on TV occasionally. Dijakovic, uh, Keith Lee, some of these guys on TV more frequently and you start building it up. My biggest concern, honestly, is. If NXT becomes, let's say, quote unquote, real, whether it's co-equal or whether it's just a show that is, gets more prominent footing, what becomes the like performance center brand? Because it can't really be both. Like you can't have Aaliyah on FS1. It's one thing for Aaliyah to be on WWE Network. So what do you do? Do you create like a touring system and you put those shows on the network and it maybe develops into what the old NXT used to be? Or do you just keep everyone else off TV and now you have three rosters plus 205 Live? Who the hell knows what's going to happen with that? And you just filter them in as they go and and there's really not a developmental brand anymore. I think you have you have deeper undercards. Now, when you go to a Raw or SmackDown, you get typically two matches during the first hour before the show starts, which is aired for WWE main event or for whatever the other weekly shows that none of us ever actually see anymore, but apparently are big in other countries. I think NXT becomes more of a traveling tour. It's already a traveling tour. And look, you know, people get a lot of house show reps and they'll get some undercard reps. They'll get worked into the UK show. I mean, there, there'll be ways for them to get reps, but I think it's more about competing now and getting three brands up to the level where they can make money off of all three brands. And I don't know. I don't, I don't have any kind of inside information, but I wonder if Fox is saying, look, we're paying you so much. Can we get more? Can we get NXT? I mean, I wonder if that's part of it, you know? And, I just and- don't know that. I mean, if, if the deal they signed was for SmackDown and maybe a studio show, let's say, I don't think they're just giving them NXT. You know, they'd have to buy that. That's ratings. I mean, I don't know. they spent a lot of money. We don't know the details, obviously, of the contract. We don't know if there's potential, which we had this argument last year. If there's is there potential pay-per-views that will air on Fox? Is, can WrestleMania one day air on Fox? We I don't mean, know. they spent less think, than USA did, though. I mean, USA spent more than Fox did. I think the bigger question for what you said is what becomes of the PC. I think the bigger question is what becomes of the network. Now, the network would still be the home to pay-per-views, so it still matters. You have the archive. It still matters. You do have a good rotation of shows and or documentary specials 
you know, recurring ones that I think it matters. And But if you're putting your post content potentially on FS1, it would take a little bit of the... I don't know. It would it though. Here's the thing. We we're smarks. So to us, NXT is steak. It's royalty. It's gold. It's everything we want. But to the customer base, how much is their subscriptions to the network NXT based or is it just straight up pay-per-view and nostalgic based? I don't know. I think a lot of it's NXT based because you can get the pay. I mean, you can watch the pay-per-view. You can sign up for a free trial. Right. But you need to they need to have you watch something weekly on the network so that you don't just get it once a month or for so you make sure you get two you know pay-per-views in one one month free trial then use a different email like they have to keep you on the network somehow i'd be interested and, in doing research you know how Meltzer puts out in his rag the top 10 wwe network shows of the week post? yeah i i, I want to start uh taking closer notice of that post wrestlemania so i don't see any more spoilers and start charting or go back on the back issues and start sort of charting like nxt is generally very high it's usually the pay-per-views uh on top new episodes of shows that People really like the, like the Edge and Christian show um, specials all the time, like this Mark Henry one, by the way, which is great. I don't know if you watched it I after Elimination it. Chamber. Fantastic. These one-off specials WWE does for the network are really damn good. But you know what? They're also just starting to like tape house shows like Starcade. They're trying to do these one-off special types of you know low cost but still new entertainment type of things. Um, they did like the Matt Hardy Halloween special. So there are reasons to have the network. I just I'm not if I'm a normal fan, I'm probably subscribing to the network for NXT, the archives and the pay-per-views. Well, I'm not subscribing for 205 Live. I'm not subscribing for NXT UK. If you're a regular fan, you have to watch pay-per-views. If you're going to watch Raw and SmackDown each week, you're not going to not watch the pay-per-views. So a lot of people don't, man. A lot of people don't. That's weird to me. I guess it's possible if you're kind of casual or whatever. There's someone there's someone in our office. I'll remain nameless because no one knows who he is, but he's a WWE fan. He used to talk WWE with me, one of the few guys in the office, before we hired you. And he said, he's like, yeah, what happened at Elimination Chamber? Actually, he asked me what happened at Royal Rumble. And I, this is you know, a month ago. I told him. I'm like, did you not watch? Did you didn't have time? He goes, no, I don't have the network. Right, I'm like, so, so you just rely on Raw and SmackDown? He goes, yeah, I watch it. It's on TV. I DVR it. I fast forward it. That's, That's what I interesting. do. All right. One, one more thing on the NXT thing I want to hit you with is this. We want the idea of NXT either being an equal or propped up third brand so that people can go back and forth. But what if WWE can offer potential guys that want to jump that are stuck on the mid card and want to go to AEW and look the, the allure for AEW, I think in theory is the same allure in the nineties of when people jumped WWE to go to WCW is less dates, but still good money, still something that matters, but I'm not doing that five day a week house show tour. So what if they can say to a Dolph Ziggler, for example, here's the deal, Dolph, we're going to move you to NXT. You're going to be a featured player. But you don't have to work nearly as much as you used to. Well, we'll downgrade your salary a little bit, but you don't have to work nearly as much. You want to do your comedy tour, do all that stuff, that's fine. But you got to be at all the NXT tapings. And you can live in Orlando right now, the PC, and you can rehab your injuries and, and, and work on your promos. And yeah, I wonder if that could potentially be a sort of like, we don't want to let you go because we don't want AEW to scoop you up. We don't have big plans for you, but man, we could use you as a B-side on NXT as a veteran. That could be a good life for some dudes who are saying to themselves, I want to work great matches. I don't want to be doing this 50-50 crap on Raw. I think there's some possibility of that. I think there's just as much a possibility when you have someone like The Revival coming to you and saying, look, you guys aren't featuring tag team wrestling. We're one of the best, legitimately one of the best tag teams that you have if you give us an opportunity. What, what are you doing with us? Instead of giving them the titles and trying to concoct a storyline around them, you say, you know what? 
we're going to put you guys in NXT. Go kick ass. Have big work rate matches. Enjoy great storylines and be happy. And we're going to pay you the same amount of money. I think that is more likely and more of a, uh, a utilization of this than kind of Dolph Ziggler, who I think with Dolph, yeah, he wants fewer dates and whatever, all this other stuff. But he also wants to be on like USA Network and he wants to be on Fox. This guy, he's trying to put himself out there as a comedian. He goes on Fox News and does stuff all the time. He isn't the best possible example. And some of the other guys who want reduced dates are like AJ and Daniel Bryan. You're not putting them on NXT. So All I'm saying is don't disappoint me with this announcement on Wednesday. Don't let it be something really soft well, or even our big announcement is the NXT title will be defended at WrestleMania. And like that's cool, but it's not. No, it's not. It's not that. It's definitely something that's legitimate. The question is how big and are we building this up? I don't know how much time we've you know spent discussing this already, but have we spent so much time talking about this and gotten ourselves so riled up on this that we're now bound for disappointment? Because we got our hopes up. And then is that our fault or is it their fault? Well, WWE's big on getting your hopes up and then not delivering the way that other wrestling promotions do in their big moments. So it could be that. A final DM on this topic from at Jesse Lavery. Wow, we haven't heard from that guy in a long time. He says, BC, sitcoms and dramas do, quote, backdoor pilots where they dedicate an episode of their show to testing a spinoff idea. Is it possible that Monday's episode of Raw was simply just a backdoor pilot and not anything bigger to test the idea of maybe FS1 wanting NXT. I don't know. I mean, it gets connected, but I don't know. But I did put this in there because he had, P.S., love the show, and I must admit that I pop big time every time Silver King does his mumble mockery of Brandy's all-in response. Keep up the good work, boys. Hey, Jesse, this one's for you. I'm all-in. Are you all in, Brian? Oh, come on. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm one yeah, of the come leaders. Come on, Brandy. I'm hitting the drum yeah. for this yeah, revolution. I'm Farrell, all Brandy, in yeah. for this. I often wonder what she was asking in reality, but uh, you went way too long on that. Nothing to do with you. You know, hit the DM sound one more time. Oh, wow. So Kristen, uh, Tristan at Liano, he sends these like, I mean, you can see them. They're paragraph DMs. Can you get the guy's week. name right? He's on our, he's on our. I said Tristan at It's at Look at it. Look at it. A-T-I-L. Atalano. Atalano. I'm I'm just trying to get the guy's name. You right. can correct me. You can correct me via DM, Tristan. Um, but the second part of his DM is: Do you have any faith in what they're doing with these NXT guys? Considering they just brought up like four or five NXT people, and they haven't done anything of any legitimate legitimacy with any of them. So basically, what he's wondering is: What the hell happened to Heavy Machinery, Lacey Evans, uh, Lars, who obviously had some type of breakdown, which is a totally separate thing. Uh, and EC3, who we haven't even like well, barely heard from. That's why I thought they were really questionable call-ups at the time. We know from from reading rags that, like you mentioned, uh, Lars was destined, I think, for Cena at Mania. Like, he was going to get yeah. a legit push. Huge push. Um, I think that Vince is already souring on EC3 and realizing what he has in the way he's presenting him. I think Lacey's going to get a giant push. I mean, we've talked about it. She fits Vince's exact persona of what he likes, and she just interrupted and cost Asuka a match Tuesday night, who's the champion. Now, I don't want to see Lacey Evans Asuka at Mania. Please don't tell me we're going there, but it looks like she's getting a push. She keeps showing up, and Heavy Machinery is just going to be a comedy act. We know it. It's just going to be the Bushwhackers. But you know what? Here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing with Heavy Machinery. I always knew that. Like, the vaude villains, I knew were destined for you're right. failure. For failure. And I don't think that heavy machinery will fail, but you're not bringing those guys up and expecting them to be 
tag team champions, and if they do, it's a B team one. You're right. It's like a B, like a B team, you know, ring. They're it's a modern not... iteration of Gold Dust and R Truth. Yeah, and I don't it. mind them being blue collar strong. We got stakes and weights at least this week. Yes. We got Dozer to act funny when he heard Lacey Evans' music. But I got to tell you this people are complaining about Lacey Evans. They're like, why is her music hitting? And she just walks out and comes back. It's stupid. They're just forcing her on TV. When it's someone important that Vince wants to get in front of you, he gets them in front of you. And what does she have for going for her? She has a fantastic look. I'm not even talking about her being, I'm not even talking about her being hot. I'm saying she has a great look. The gimmick works. Her ability and her body type to strut down that ramp and strut back up and give that sourpuss face, it, it means something. It's strong. I think they've been doing a great job just showcasing that, hey, she exists. And she's going to be a big deal here. Kind of like Asuka when they brought her in. They aired those vignettes every week for three months while she was injured. They said, this woman is going to be a big deal. That's all I need. So I like what they're doing with Lacey Evans. And EC3, I still have hopes for him. I still think it might work one day. But All right. Let's get into the second part of the main event so you can just sound off about your childhood. I need to. I need to. But before we do, BC, first, a quick word from our friends. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Okay, we are back, and yeah, I mean, give me the siren. Give me the whatever else we got. Hit them all. Listen, what did I say on this show? I, was it last week? Was it two weeks ago? WWE figured out somehow that Kofi Kingston can pop a crowd to a level that few others in the company can. Now, whether this push was meant for Mustafa Ali, whether maybe it was, but they've gone way beyond that and changed their plans, I don't know. I don't care. But what I said on this podcast a couple weeks ago is if you put Kofi Kingston over Daniel Bryan in a WWE championship match at WrestleMania, the crowd will lose its mind and MetLife Stadium will implode. Now, I don't know if we're going to get that. It kind of feels like we're not going to get that. But what we have seen the last couple of days with WWE and Kofi Kingston has been fantastic. We can talk straight off the top, EC. The moment in the Elimination Chamber, being one of three men without a delay to kick out of Daniel Bryan's running knee ever. The other ones being freaking Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Yeah, that means something for Kofi Kingston. Fans chanting for him every single time he did anything of consequence in that match. Kicking out of Daniel Bryan's finisher, as I said, and subsequent big moves that looked like they were going to end the match. The performance that Kofi Kingston put on at Elimination Chamber was mind-blowing. And the end you know, image that they gave us with Kofi sitting on the top step and his brothers by his side and the WrestleMania logo in the background is something that you have to do. It's, it's the perfect piece of production. It's the perfect element to get someone ready for a match with Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. I don't know that it's going to happen. But it sure as hell feels like it should, and I am holding out hope. 
It was incredible. It was incredible. Look, I'm not a Kofi guy. Never been a big fan. Nothing against him. Don't look at him as a main eventer. Respect his longevity and know that he'll get in the Hall of Fame for that and all that. But look, you couldn't help but have this stretch that he's been on win you over. I mean, it was just absolutely incredible. Oh, man, I'm fired up for this. When you combine what he did on SmackDown, what he did on the Elimination Chamber, and then when he comes back and does on this week's SmackDown, and then having Shane McMahon run out and sort of announce, no, you will be facing Daniel Bryan at Fastlane. That's crazy. It's crazy to me. And what I love about it is it is sort of the continuation of a long storyline. What I say by this is when the New Day freestyles, particularly in public interviews, when we get them at the Hall of Fame red carpet, when we get them at SummerSlam, etc., they always put over Kofi. Big time. They always say, look, we're paired with a legend. Look, this guy's done everything. Like, they've always above and beyond. So to see that storyline portrayed on the screen, especially on this Tuesday night, when they went above and beyond to show their love for each other, which not only one felt genuine and great, but two, if this has the beginning to 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 build towards them actually breaking up or breaking up for a short time so that one or all of them can make it a wait, legit wait, wait. solo. They run. do not need to break up for something. I'm not saying they need to, okay? But I'm saying if if that's the plan to break up for a short time to find out how far uh, Woods can go to find out how far Big E can go, then what I'm saying is going so overboard to butter each, the love for each other up is a way to set that up. Either way, it's great. It's great to see Kofi in these matches has been fantastic, really maxing himself out, showing you how great he can be, really making people on our show bring up a lot of interesting questions. From Ross White, at a Ross for words. Interesting handle right there. I don't think we've ever heard from this Ross White fellow. No, that's a good handle too, yeah. He says, second time DMer. Okay, I guess we have. Okay. He says, BC, you've been on record saying that there is not going to be another white meat baby face. <laughs> but wouldn't Kofi winning at Mania show yeah. that the idea of a true face is not dead? Do you think WWE can learn from spontaneous booking like this and going with what the crowd wants? Very interesting question. Yes, I did believe that idea was dead. Yes, this is white meat babyface. This is this is exactly that. It's organic. It mixes with sort of the underdog Daniel Bryan side of it. It mixes with the Zack Ryder sort of, hey, let's respect this guy. He's been around for a long time. Let's give him his day in the sun. And by the way, people popped hard for Zack Ryder at WrestleMania 32 on the ladders. Don't ever forget that, brother. Take care, gel your hair, all that stuff. Yeah, Adam, this is a reminder that it can be done the right way. Even though New Day is bounced between heel and face, they're easily one of the most beloved. Bounce, but they they haven't been heels in years. No, they kind of bounce back and forth, but the point is they're beloved when doing it. Yeah, this is special. I don't know if I have that same confidence that it will go to Mania, though, because look, Kofi's not a mania opponent yes with with the new day around him there's the star power to be but does it scare you adam and this is why i bring up this dm to kind of extend this question to you that by announcing they will fight at fast lane is that the end of it yeah it scares the shit out of me it does that's that's my whole concern is if i was booking it right and you know the silver king likes to book the damn territory if i was booking it you have you know, uh, what's his name? Rowan interfere. Maybe Harper comes back or you add someone else to Daniel Bryan's stable. You have a couple weeks of New Day versus whatever you want to call this Daniel Bryan crew matches. And it ends with Daniel Bryan against Kofi for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. Kofi Kingston wins and the place explodes. And then after two months, you put it back on Daniel Bryan, right? He gets his moment. Everyone's happy. The fans are happy. 
you, you ride the momentum, or as Kofi would say, his friends Mo and Mentum, <laughs> and and you and you uh, you give the fans what they want. Look, and also one more thing, real quick, you'd also solve this problem. There is no racism here in the World Wrestling Federation. We don't allow it. We'll allow it under any circumstances. And that's the bottom line. And that wouldn't be a bad thing. You know I have a rant on that, which you've heard before if you've listened to this podcast for a long time. But we don't need to do that now. Um, for now. Let's, let's see how this all plays out. Uh, but, yeah, it does scare me. I tweeted, like, you know, 20 minutes before that main event, something like, I'm really scared this is going to be Kofi Lane instead of Kofi Mania, right? Because if this ends at Fastlane, or if they have him win the title at Fastlane, then he's winning the title in Cleveland, and no offense to Cleveland. Cleveland, you're not – Cleveland Fastlane is not basically New York, New Jersey, WrestleMania. It's different, right? You want someone to have a mountaintop moment. You don't just want them to win the title in Cleveland. It's, you know what I mean? And it's ironic that Brian is the opponent because let's not forget 2015. Roman Reigns gets booed out of the Rumble because Brian got eliminated early. So what yep. did they do? They ran Daniel Bryan back against Roman Reigns at Fastlane, and it was a great match. But Daniel Bryan lost. He shook Roman's hand, gave him the babyface, babyface, you know, rub into mania. Could we see that happening here, even though Daniel's not a babyface? Like, you hope that's not the end game. I, look, if Kofi could win at Mania and then you implode the New Day and you lead to a Kofi New Day, what if Kofi's the transition? They're not going to break up. They're not going to break okay, up the New hear Day. Hear me out. What if Kofi's the transitional champion to get it to to uh, to Big E, but then eventually they get back together in four or five months? So it's a temporary but, thing. I mean, maybe, but like those guys have said clearly that they will quit if they get broken up. They're best friends, like right. legitimately. But if says you can you, be in a main and, and, event. And why are they the one? And why are they the one group in the world that people talk about? Someone wins a title, they have to break up. Okay, but I'm not saying long term. I mean, what I'm saying is, what if Vince offers them, you'll break up temporarily, but you'll be in the WWE Championship picture. Two of you will win the title, and we will main event a pay per view with a triple threat New Day match. I am the oh my god! Like are you you and the Mega Powers are about to explode in my pants. You right? want to be fired up for that? It's the Black Shield. Yeah, this maybe, is amazing. Maybe if it's an amicable breakup where like it's a jealousy thing or it's a Big E wants a chance at the title or blah blah blah. Maybe, but like I don't think any of that is necessary because you have such a natural like consumerism versus whatever eco-friendly storyline between New Day and Daniel Bryan character, right? It fits so well. You would think they actually planned it, and you know they didn't because Kofi wasn't even in the match until Mustafa Ali got his like eyeball poked out of his head. Okay, so they have fallen into this movement. It's You know what? You mentioned it was like Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns. This is like the yes movement again with Daniel Bryan as the heel this time. Fan, don't make the same mistake twice, WWE. They love Fans that. are telling you now they want Kofi Kingston to in a WWE title match at WrestleMania, and they want him to win the title. And you know what? You want to sell tickets. You want people to subscribe to the network. Give the damn fans what they wow. actually want. You don't have to do it all year. Take your you damn hands off her, says Silver King. You have to do it at WrestleMania. They're doing it with Becky. They're doing it with Seth Rollins. Do it with Kofi Kingston. Hey, WWE. How about you guys shut the F up and let me talk for a That's minute? That's what I'm talking about. I got to give the Silver, Sting credit, the Silver King credit here. You very early were like all two, – two years ago were like, Kofi's one of my favorite ever. He's great. He deserves more. He deserves more then. And, yeah, I, I was like, come on, dude. And, and by the way, 
part of my he is he is great. Like you saw those matches, he right? Was great. He was great. And I'm telling you that a I came around and now could actually see this, even though I just said. I don't know if he could be a main event. I don't know if he could be a WrestleMania opponent, but look, with the New Day around him, yes, this could work. They've won me over. But B, it's sort of part of the deep-rooted thing on why I never loved Bret Hart. Because to me, Bret Hart was a piece of a really good tag team, the Hart Foundation, and I didn't believe in his solo run the way I believed in Shawn Michaels breaking free from the Rockers and having that run. So sometimes you just don't see a guy as that. Vince didn't see Foley as that and had to be won over. It's interesting. Hey, from Adam Crowley at Crowley Adam. Adam loves this guy because he's another Adam. He's part of the Adam X Parsons, Adam Silverstein triumvirate, the three Adams. Um, and he's turned on me recently, so I don't know. One why more, I'm and we this. one more, and we have a faction. Uh, that's a fair point. Do we have any other Adams in our universe? I don't, I don't think know. so. He says, "Do you think that WWE fans are desperate enough for a change?" that we would have gone crazy for anyone getting the main event exposure that Kofi is getting right now and had Mustafa Ali not gotten injured and was in the same position, he would be getting the same love that Kofi is getting. I want to say, Adam, yes and no. It would not, have, no. It would not have been this level of love for Mustafa Ali. It would have to have been somebody close to what Kofi represents, and that's a lovable veteran who's never gotten the full singles push. It would have to honestly be like Cesaro somehow yes. turning face or Rusev getting a couple of really big wins or Nakamura doing something that puts him a face again and whatever. But even none of those guys are 11-year veterans like Kofi who fans, don't forget, in 2009 in the Randy Orton feud – we're ready for Kofi Kingston to become a main eventer. He's standing on top of that like NASCAR or whatever. Randy Addy pours paint all over the, all over it. He's like bashing the hood with a bat. He's going crazy. People are like, oh my God, they're giving Kofi a main event push. And then he lost to Orton and nothing ever came of it, right? So fans have been wanting this. So you can't know. You can't just take Mustafa Ali, forget 11 years. The guy's been on the roster for 11 minutes and say, yeah, okay, maybe for a single match against Daniel Bryan, that would have been cool if they were the plan let's say at Fastlane, for, for example. But you cannot tell me Mustafa Ali, Daniel Bryan, WrestleMania would come anywhere close to what this is with Kofi Kingston. I'm serious. Like, Kofi might be a B-side on his own, but with the New Day, because Kofi would be the champion. But the fact, the group, excuse me, of New Day would also be champion, that's an A-side group. They're an A-side team. All so right, it's, it, it's, it's, reinventing New Day. It's reinventing these characters. It's Xavier Woods, as opposed to just being this fun-loving guy, he's been cutting promos backstage in a very serious manner about how his entire goal in WWE is to make Kofi Kingston champion. And as you said about five minutes ago, he's told us that in interviews. He's been saying that for five years. Big E said the same thing. Their goal is for Kofi Kingston to be WWE champion. And I don't know how WWE gets out of this storyline Without Kofi Kingston actually becoming WWE right. champion. What if I told you, Adam, super fan of Kofi, Kofi Mania running wild, that they, you can get him in Mania. And you can even get him winning. But the only way you can get him in Mania and get him winning to satisfy the super fan in your heart is Vince calls you up, finally returns your text and says, Adam, mm. I got a great idea, pal. Kofi Mania running wild. I got the perfect Hulk Hogan as special guest referee. Hogan as special guest referee, and yeah, I'm okay with it. Stipu oh my god, <laughs> are you <laughs> serious? And, and stipulation at the end, yeah. it has to be 
a Yapapai Indian strap match. <laughs> As I see the raw pink meat on your back, brother, I'm going to take it to another level. I will transform from Hulk to Hollywood. I will double strap you with both fists. All right, all right, Hulk. I got to cut you off. I there. mean, honestly, it would be pretty disgusting if they did that because, I mean, you know, don't forget those guys released a statement after Hogan came in like to SmackDown or a pay-per-view, whatever it was, and gave that speech. They just felt it was BS, right? That would be quite a Vince McMahon move to do that. But as a fan, as an audience member, not knowing the backstage, right, or any of this other stuff, I would be okay with it. Right. It would be All tough, right. though. I mean, seeing Hogan raise Kofi's arm at WrestleMania no, would, be, no, would be tough. I, I fully turned. I fully turned. You know, I mean, I was mostly turned, but I fully turned on the idea of, of wanting I, I think you screen. thought, yeah, he has a point. Now you're like, yeah, I actually want that. That's the difference. Want what? what? Racist Hogan? Co- back? No, Co- no, Co- no. Oh, uh, yeah. Kofi at Mania against Brian and possibly winning it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm coming around. I'm coming around. What else? Anything else uh, we got to talk about before we get into the AEW portion of the show? Because you know I'm fired. Oh, because you know, God forbid we do a show without talking about AEW. Uh, yeah, you know what, man? A lot of stuff happened at Elimination Chamber. I guess we can call this the third part of the main event. And uh, I just kind of want to break down point by point. See, what, quick thoughts. Lightning round edition doesn't have to be hero or zero, but. They had the women's tag team title elimination chamber match. It was reported that it was initially going to close the show. Mm. Who the hell? I mean, Vince, you're out of your mind if you thought putting Kofi first and that last was even a a possibility on that type of crap show. Uh, But they had the chamber match. Uh, Boston Hug Connection won. None of us predicted it for our our, uh, CBS Sports elimination chamber predictions. We all thought a heel team would win. Sasha and Bailey would go over at WrestleMania. That would be a big well, moment. It falls in but, line with Finn. I think all of us thought both of those would get WrestleMania moments by winning and there's it. And, a, and there was a third one, too. But let's start with this one at first. You think it was the right move to put the titles on them? It does go in line, by the way. Becky was the first SmackDown Women's Champion, and Charlotte was the first Raw Women's Champion. If the argument so does, is only history, then sure. Look, that's who we thought it should end up on, more or less. You know, we thought a heel team would be transitional. That was fine. The match was okay. I mean, it, there was some moments that I probably liked more than other people because I saw people hammering it before I finally got a chance to watch it because I did not watch that live. But, yeah, it was all right. I mean, uh, I'm not really moved. I don't know. Are they going to be able to defend across all brands? They mentioned they'd even wrestle NXT people, right? So and that, that's kind of interesting that they said that on Monday after the, you know, going back to our earlier conversation. And they um, said but, change the world, Adam. So you're telling me that, yeah, I that, did notice that they're yeah. not at the age. AEW is not on everyone's tip of their tongue right now. Right, of course, because God forbid someone uses a phrase that's been used for hundreds they, of years. Yeah, WWE uh, used a lot yeah. of those phrases lately on the tip just for a second, you know, just yeah. to see how it feels. Just to see how it feels. Um, so I thought the first half of the match was so over-choreographed, and I know a lot of the women's big matches are Royal Rumble and the like. The first half was so over-choreographed that every move that was done was done two at once, like an arm drag or throwing someone through the ropes. It was just so much. It was so annoying. Uh, they were trying to, again, kind of show like, hey, these, don't forget, these are tag teams, even though it's not an actual tag team match and it was for the quote-unquote first-ever women's tag team champions. But once Nia Jax just drove like a bull through that plexiglass, everything changed. The match was really fun after that. I thought Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville did a great job, and I loved the Sasha and Bailey callbacks to, from last year's Elimination Chamber atop the pod where... Sasha kicked Bailey in the face, knocked her down. This time she helped her up. And, you know, they finished the match from there. It was the, you know what? Ultimately, seeing them raise the titles, it felt right. So I thought that was a good move. 
Yeah, I'm with that. Um, the uh, rest of the show didn't really move me, like to the point where I don't want to go match by match. The no, show pretty much blue, except for the end. We don't have to go match by match, but there's just a couple other developments. Balor winning the Intercontinental title at Elimination Chamber by pinning Leo Rush. I had a major problem. I actually yeah. was pissed about it. Were you as pissed as uh, Rush and uh, Lashley coming back together on Monday and acting like nothing ever happened? I actually had no problem with that at all. You want me to explain why? If you, if you, if you need to, bring it. Real quick, it was a single-arm throw. He didn't like beat the crap out of him. And it's far from the first time a manager's like lost a match for a champion and the next night come back. It's happened with Paul Heyman and Brock. Not lost a match, but where bad things have happened, the next night they're together. I had no issue with that. They explained it on social media. That was fine. But I just thought it was a, it was a really crappy thing to do. You're, you're trying to push Balor and you want him to win the Intercontinental title. A, it's a handicap match for no reason. But you don't have him pin I know. the champion, the big man, right? It's the almighty, the balls. guy who would put Balor over. Instead, he's pinning a cruiserweight. I feel like that is a Vince decision, doesn't it? It is. It's so stupid. It's a statement from Vince that will give you this championship to appease you, Fergal, so you don't do anything drastic. But I don't think you can actually beat Lashley in the eyes of the fans, so I'm not going to do that. But why is Lashley so protected? He's done absolutely nothing. Unless they're building up toward him finally beating Lashley. Like, unless this is part of the storyline where Lashley's going to start saying, you know, you never beat me. You never beat me, and then they fight at Mania, and and he overcomes him as the demon. Yeah. No, he doesn't need the demon to beat the damn Lashley. Stop this crap. Well, they're trying to put Lashley on level with Lesnar what, for what feels to me like a money in the sand, blood money in the sand, whatever you want to call it, match between those two. Once if we get Lesner the demon the versus title. Lashley's sisters, I'll tune in. Anything else? Get that crap off my screen. It just, it, it, I didn't like that development. What happened Monday actually did not bother me. Um, the other thing that it didn't bother me because it made all the sense in the world for the Usos to beat Miz and Shane McMahon. All the sense in the world. But it was like, well, that was a short title run, and then they're running it back now. What's We're building towards something, though. We're building towards something, at, you know, I think at Mania, maybe? Uh, here's the well, thing. But, but the idea be, of though? pleasing the father and how often that he references Shane, you know that feeling. I yeah. feel like we're building towards some form of involvement in Vince, which could get great, and some form of Miz admitting, which he kind of did. He admitted that he used Shane, right? Right. To try right. to appease his dad. Well, I think nefariously... Miz in storyline is using Shane to, to to just get to the top of the company in some form. And maybe this will end with Vince falling in love with Miz, treating him like his son, parading him around. And then Shane being like, whoa, MFR, dad, you never gave. And I'm not saying we're getting a Vince Shane payoff on Mania, but I'm saying we're going to get a Shane versus Miz Mania payoff with maybe Miz in in uh, I'm sorry, with Vince in Miz's corner. There's potential family dynamics there that can be fun look we like shane and when shane is in a big match at mania it pays off even though you don't think it will every year it does right but shane miz is not really a match i have any desire to say if vince is involved as a special guest referee or in somebody's corner there's he's not they he's can not still tell a good involved. story at mania with that believe vince me. can like barely walk look man. shane gets is. when shane is in a match he gets things right he'll he'll they'll make they'll do whatever he wants is what i'm saying right. let me pose another one to you bc what the hell is this Braun Strowman storyline? Stop it. Be- it's just, I mean, <sighs> this match was a slap in the face to every wrestler that takes pride in his profession. You know, I, I to be fair, I loved the triple powerbomb spot. That was super cool. If it meant Double something, tables, if it meant something, 
yeah. on the stairs. That was a cool looking spot. It took them like what felt like 10 minutes to get there. And why did they interfere in the Elimination Chamber match, which was no DQ, but they didn't interfere on the Raw Tables match, talking about running back a match, which a Tables match, by default, is no DQ. Where was McIntyre? Where were McIntyre and Lashley on Monday? Vince doesn't care. Sunday ended, And why Vince are they a trio? Exactly. Wh- it sucks. They've ruined. Yes, I got a bunch of DMs. Don't have time to read them. Adam was right. They've ruined Braun. Thank you. End of story. Move on. We've. I can't. They've talk ruined about Braun, Braun and they're on their way to ruining McIntyre. Yeah, because because McIntyre is so has been so great that it's it's the same position Braun was in twelve months ago. You either give him the title shot and the and the feud with the top star that he deserves, or you've ruined him. And that's what happens when you build the guy up. And it's weird. It's almost counterintuitive because I get mad when everybody's fifty fifty. But when you build somebody up and push them and then do nothing with them, it's just as bad. Oh, because you God. refuse to change your storylines because because you have to have seven Dolph Ziggler, uh, Seth Rollins intercontinental title matches when they should have subbed that out for McIntyre during that time and let McIntyre have a run with the title. Yeah. yeah. And then we all of a sudden, and then they had to put the title on Ambrose and then just total crap. Um, briefly, cause we didn't totally discuss it. That crowd Monday night. Cause I know everyone else is talking about it. And I said it, I probably sent four or five tweets about it. Corpus Christi, Texas, San Antonio, Texas. I apologize. You guys were on my list. One a one B worst crowds I've ever seen for a raw. Lafayette, Louisiana, you are number one with a bullet. Brian, they could not have been less enthusiastic if Steve Austin came out and to- and Tombstone pile drove The Undertaker. Like, there's no excuse. There's, absolutely... there's nothing that could have been done in front of that crowd to make hey, it cheer. Dear Lafayette. Wow. Wow. Wow, Paul. Like, I didn't, I didn't need that. I mean, I got a question for you. Yeah, what do you got? Is Paul Bear telling the truth when he says that your mother was a oh, whore? Oh, stop that. All right, that's a little <laughs> too harsh. But look, I don't think WWE can predict it. So, we, we, you know, our, our comment is, if you're going to do the NXT thing, why are you doing it in Lafayette? New Orleans was great on Tuesday. I don't think they could have predicted that the Cajun Dome in Lafayette, Louisiana would be. I mean, I know, cult, you know, you can stereotype and say what you want about the state of Louisiana and Cajuns and all that, but I don't think you could have predicted it would be that bad. It was really, 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 really bad. They popped for nothing but, like, Rousey and one other thing. Like, they popped Ricochet, for Ricochet's nothing. 630, I think. That was it. Uh, if they had done that same presentation, even though we had a lot of problems with the NXT presentation on Monday, if they had done that anywhere else, and particularly in a smart city, big city, yeah, it would have it would have been hot because people would have been so intrigued by the unique nature of what it was pushing NXT guys, including guys who aren't that big, uh, you know, in terms of physical stature, in big moments on Raw. So it's it was really, really, really bad. It was really bad. But was it worse, Adam? Then WWE once again showing us on Monday that they do not have a road to WrestleMania mapped out. And after Ruby Riot gets squashed, kind of rightfully so, in the Sunday night pay-per-view, that she gets a main event rematch for the title on Raw when we don't do title rematches anymore. And they even said that on Monday. And I know it's not the typical automatic title rematch when somebody loses, but this is almost right. even worse. She lost in 10 seconds on Sunday night. Why is she getting... Uh, and like, look, yeah, the match was good on Monday. It was, but it makes no friggin' sense. The match was really good on Monday, actually, and I wouldn't have minded 
if they took 30 seconds backstage earlier in the night and had Ronda Rousey coming out of her dressing room and the plan was for her just to address the crowd after getting beat down by Becky Lynch and runs into Ruby Riot, who's talking with the Riot Squad, and Ruby says, I was off last night. I screwed up. I can still beat you. You don't have the guts to face me again. That's all they had to do. A 30-second interaction and Rousey saying, you know I'll take a challenge anytime, anywhere. Let's do it tonight. That's and, and Triple H is there and goes, okay, that's the main event. That's all you have to do. Okay? Have Rousey- and then it makes sense. Instead, they're just announcing that they're having this rematch. And it's like, why? And I, I was also fine with her squashing Ruby Riot, even though she does, deserves more respect during Elimination Chamber. But there was no reason they couldn't have had a 10-minute match. I wish they just had Monday's match on Sunday. Everyone exactly. would have been a lot happier. Even though I'm not cheering for more moments like this on Monday. I really can't wait to show the man how it's really done. Um, How can you have Ronda not address the Becky situation on the microphone? How? In any, in, I don't care if it's a pre-tape thing. How do you just ignore that? Like, this is just, it's just a, it's a pile of crap. Why couldn't they have had Rousey in the same segment I'm talking about, backstage being interviewed by someone, taped, so that you know it's okay, crouched over, like, rubbing Icy Hot on her bruises because she got the crap kicked out of her with a crotch. She got hit in the head and the crotch. Like, Becky, listen, we didn't really talk about it on the show, and we're not really going to, we don't have another spot for it, right? Becky beat the hell out of Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. Not wrestling beat the hell out of. She took two crutches and ruined these women. You saw Charlotte's Flair, Charlotte Flair's arm, I think it was on Snapchat or Instagram or, or Twitter, it was a legitimate bruise. The entire arm was bruised. Ronda Rousey got cracked in the head with a crutch. And they, I don't care that Be- Becky wasn't on the shows. That's okay. They barely addressed it. These, uh, Charlotte Flair was standing up straight on SmackDown. Ronda Rousey wrestled an entire match and didn't sell injuries. She didn't have any of the K-tape on her body. Nothing. So they didn't sell one of the hottest moments from the pay-per-view. And it again goes to show what we've been talking about. There was no continuity between Sunday night and Monday night. It and just, it's like it complain. didn't happen. That's why people have dirty bed sheets. It could and should be so much better. Uh, we got, uh, we're just going to sit there and complain and lose more listeners. Anything else we, we to complain about from our SmackDown? Uh, what do you think about Oscar losing to Mandy Rose? I didn't love it, but it's obviously that they're pushing. I thought it was going to be about Mandy Rose. And I suddenly said to myself, if they really give Mandy a big push, because look, She's not a bad wrestler. Obviously, she's got the look in a half, a look in three quarters, a look times ten. Um, I, for the first time, looked at her and said, hey, if that's Asuka's mania opponent and they do it right, this could work because she's a star in the making. And then for me to go, oh, they're probably just pushing that NXT chick who we haven't even seen wrestle yet, I don't think, outside of the Royal Rumble, then no. I'm not. I'm not. I don't. No. I, I would prefer the mania opponent be Mandy Rose. Um, I think she's just like Carmella. I praised Carmella a couple of weeks ago. Mandy Rose is getting better week after week. She looks good in the ring. The fairy tale ending finisher is legitimate. Um, I mean, I think she's a perfectly fine Mania opponent, and it was a roll-up pin, so I think that's okay. We don't like seeing Asuka lose because Asuka should never lose, right? But it's not like she is undefeated anymore. So if she's not going to be undefeated, and if she's going to get the win back, especially if it's at Mania, I'm, I'm not really going to complain about it. Uh, I just wish the distraction was better, maybe involving Sonya Deville and not just Mandy Rose, like pretending that she hurt her eye. It was weird. It, it didn't feel uh, it didn't gave, feel like a good enough distraction for Oscar to lose on. I don't think Oscar gave her enough of a receipt for that knee to the face that Mandy Rose hit outside the ring too. That was stiff. 
That's true. Yeah. Asuka definitely deserved her uh, to get her back better than that. Okay, BC, we have gone through NXT, my boy Kofi Kingston, and the fallout from Elimination Chamber. But we got one more thing to talk about, and that is your quote-unquote revolution. Where do you want to go? What do you want to talk about? And the ultimate thrill ride will be your last ride. Uh, yeah, so this is really interesting. And you and I uh, had a debate on Slack that the people didn't get to see, but Undertaker late last week took, as we know, or maybe you didn't know, changed, he's now on social media like crazy, changed his Twitter account to have no reference of WWE whatsoever, and then has even reportedly put out that he's willing to take indie dates, and I don't think that means to wrestle. I think it's probably more appearances, but... I just want to pause you and clarify two things. One, he never had WWE on his profiles. People said he took them off. He didn't. They weren't there. Two, bookings, not dates. Go ahead. Well, which is, which is what I just said. Meaning like meaning like appearances, which not wrestling. Kind of just what I kind of just said, but it's fine. I'm just clarifying. Um, I'm just clarifying. Clarify what I said. I said it. Uh, and three, he fairly shocking signs up for StarCast, which is the podcast media day celebration comic con thing they do during they did it last year during all in weekend run by Adam's favorite Conrad Thompson, our guy who also is ready for the future. Are you guys ready for a revolution? Yes, Conrad, we are in part. Why of don't this- you, let me ask you a question here. Why didn't you cut Cody, who is actually your boy, saying revolution at double or nothing press conference, the last one from Vegas? As opposed to that one. I'm what just you didn't hear during your anger on a recent episode was that I mentioned I meant to cut Cody saying it because he gave a great speech, but I didn't have time. But I do have this button from the first, uh, you know, thing they had going on where, yes, he's ready for a revolution. So am I. I mean, forget all that. But the, let's get to the news. The news here, of course, is that he's going to be at StarCast. It's going to be ahead of the Double or Nothing weekend in Vegas, May 25th. AEW's first show, the second on this Cody Revolution tour. And Taker wants to be part of it and will be there. Conrad brought him in. Now, Conrad also brought in Coach. He's bringing in a lot of ex-WWE wrestlers. They had what seemed to be back at all in one. You know, seemed to be really fun. It's connected to AEW, but not run by Cody and AEW. I think He claims it's not. I don't believe that it's not. But Conrad claims it's not. He claims it's totally independent and separate. Yeah, I've heard that too. Now, but look, obviously, if Conrad's working for both sides, it's in the same family. Of course. To me, this is huge. Now, it doesn't mean Taker's going to have a match at AEW. doesn't mean he's joining the revolution. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that Tony Khan's going to open up the vault and Taker's going to run in and choke slam uh, MJF or anything. Hold this for me, all right, Turkey Tips? Yeah, hold that for me. It doesn't mean any of that, but it means something. And it means Vince can't be happy because Taker sort of always been his own dude, right? Leader of the locker room, holds people accountable, is lending his name to this. That has to mean something. Taker's notorious for never doing interviews. There's very, very rare. There's like three online. And I think two of them happened in the last year and they were weird. They didn't make a lot of sense and they were favors to friends of his. Yeah, they were like with his pastor and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, there's that one on TSN from like, you know, 18 years ago back in the Attitude Era. There's there's never anything and for him to do this, this is massive. Even if it's just a long-form podcast for the first time, tell behind the scenes, look, things are happening here. Things are happening in this revolution. Go ahead, Adam. Tell me it means nothing. Tell me we'll never see him. 
there's got to be a chance if he's going to be there that weekend, he could show up at all in two. What does that mean if you got this dead man walking around who can barely take a bump? Name-wise, it means a lot. Jericho signed there. Things are happening. Yeah, I think there's two different parts to it. One is if he does show up actually at the Double or Nothing event in any capacity, doesn't even have to step foot in the ring. There's music hits or a, a similar type of music hits, right? Then there is, yes, there is something to that, and it's him thumbing his nose in Vince's face. But this just feels weird to me because there's two guys, Brian, who if you said to me, you know, you have to bet your life that these two guys will never show up actually in AEW, and Starcast is not AEW, at least not yet, they would be The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels from old, old school guys. I was uh, newer Cena. school guys, Roman Reigns and blah, blah, blah. Cena, yeah. But, yeah. but no, well, Cena's still kind of active. I'm saying inactive guys. Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. Those are two guys who never left WWE, never left Vince, and really, at least to this point, don't ever seem to have done anything that is not somehow tangentially related to WWE, right? This is strange in that aspect. And it is almost, like I said, a thumb in Vince's eye because, yes, these guys should do whatever they want to make as much money as they can while their names are valuable, while they want to leave the house and all this type of stuff. But let us not act like over the last 10 years, The Undertaker has been paid a sick amount of money by Vince to do very limited work. Like two TV appearances and one match a year. There were a couple of years where there were a couple more matches going to Saudi Arabia for a huge fat paycheck, right? So it, is this necessary on Taker's part? And if it's not to get Vince angry, then why did he do it? Because you can't tell me he couldn't have said to Vince, hey, Vince, they're going to pay me a hundred grand to do this. You want to just pay me not to do it? And Vince probably would have said, sure, Mark. Okay, here's a hundred grand. Cut a promo for WrestleMania, right? So it, that's strange to me. It, 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 I don't know why he would do this. I don't think it necessarily has a huge impact on anything. I don't think he's going to show up at Double or Nothing. Uh, I don't think he's going to get in the ring, especially at Double or Nothing. But why do this? Why upset Vince? Because it has to upset Vince. It has to. So that's why it makes me believe that this is something. Because I know it's easy to talk ourselves out of it and be like, look, uh, this star cast is separate from this wrestling card. There's a lot of ex wrestlers going to this, and you know, like it's maybe it's not that big of a deal. Maybe it's just he wants to start telling old stories and be and make more money on the side as part of this. You know, we're in the golden age of wrestling podcasts, especially for ex wrestlers, right? I mean, this is blowing up right now. It could be all of that, but you're like, why thumb the eye and Vince when the special treatment he has received has been like no other ever. I mean, Ever. he had a main event match two years ago. It's Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. It's insane. By the way, not even Brock, who gets paid a ton of money, is treated the way Vince has treated The Undertaker. So, And, and there's been no reported falling out. It, it almost seems like on if you want to give him the best intentions, he just said, oh, yeah, yeah, you'll give me six figures. Okay, I'll do it. And then didn't think about Vince. But when is Mark Calloway not thinking about Vince in WWE? Right, so that's what makes me believe. And I'm like, I'm not here to tell you he's going to show up at Double or Nothing. He's part of the revolution. Look, there's only so much he could do if he even joined the revolution. He's old. But my point is, it leads me to believe it's possible. It leads me to believe either something happened behind the scenes, or maybe he's just itching to be a part of something new and fresh. Maybe he's sick of being old, injured Undertaker who comes out once a year. There's a possibility there. Maybe he wants to be a part of something new and lend his expertise and his knowledge and his legend 
It's all very interesting that this would happen like this. I think it's worth watching. I do not by any means think it's impossible that he makes an appearance there because it doesn't seem like he's a full-time contracted WWE talent right now. So if he just decided, I want to do this, this is fun, some of my old friends are there. Yeah, I'm going to go out and help Cody out and choke slam somebody and come out as mean Mark with the do-rag and be the biker all over again. Dude, that would be viral. That would be a giant well, hit for AEW. Him being, him being in town for the day or weekend or whatever, by virtue, makes it more possible than it otherwise would be, right? If he's not going to be there, you wouldn't think like, oh, yeah, Undertaker might show up. I just don't see it. It just – it doesn't – Feel, it's different, right? Like if Ric Flair showed up, they're like, all right, Conrad married his daughter and blah, blah, blah. There's some kind of connection there. And, and, and Ric Flair has always done whatever the hell he wanted. And Vince has always been okay with it. He, Ric Flair was not a WWE guy. Yeah, he was in WWE, but he's NWA and WCW. We know this, right? Taker's not that. If you told me HBK was there, I would, I would never have, I would never believe you. Right. I get it. You established it. Why, why, how unlikely it's just, it is. It's but just, my point yeah, was that you I agree, were so. I agree that it's possible. It's I just, argued with you because you said two things. You said, one, it's impossible. It will never happen. He'll never make Vince Madden do that. And then two, you said nobody wait, would when care. Did I say, wait, when did I say that? Over Slack. Why do you think we had a giant argument last week? Why do you, because you came out as full Silver King style and were matter of fact, it'll never happen. Yeah. I'm so, yeah and then okay. you said it wouldn't matter to anything anyway. It would be massive for AW no, to no, get no, that no, type no. of No, 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 no. I'm saying exposure. him at StarCast doesn't matter to anything. Thing. If he showed up at Double or Nothing, yeah, that would matter. Of course. All right, of course well, it would. There's an interesting spinoff here. From a guy who's trying to really, at John Paglio on on Twitter, P-A-G-L-I-O, J-O-N, uh, really trying to make moves here for us. He says, BC, are you and Adam ready for a loaded debate question? Ever oh, since Undertaker became a free agent and is expected to join the revolution somehow, that's John Paglio's <laughs> words, all right? Paglio, whatever. First of all, we know nothing about him, quote unquote, being a free agent, and no one has ever said that. All right, let me pause Paglia, though. What people didn't see on Slack was Adam said, no chance, there's no chance he'll show up at Double or Nothing. And I argued and said, yeah, there is a chance. Read the tea leaves. Foley went to TNA. People are jumping ship. It's happening. There's very little chance. If I said no chance, that was unfair. Back to John Paglio. I've been looking back at Taker's career post-Paul Bearer period. Is Undertaker overrated? I've been watching 2000s episodes of Raw and SmackDown and pay-per-views, and I always end up fast-forwarding through his matches. Yes, he has the WrestleMania streak, but outside of that, is anything he's ever done memorable? Adam, I'm a notorious Taker hater, so I want to spin this to you, because people look at you somehow, which to me is ridiculous, but somehow they look to you as the sober take on this show. Give me your sober take. Is Undertaker overrated? No. Well, you're just not, you're just going to leave it like right there. No, I can I can expand because um, um, if you're going I there, then... think there are very few wrestlers whose character have legitimately gone through as many machinations as the Undertaker. And I'm not just talking about American Badass versus Taker, Ministry of Darkness, the original one when they had the twins, uh, the whole situation with Kane uh, coming back and doing the streak for as many years as he did, the the type of character he had, and, and I'm I'm struggling to name them because they're, they're variations of a similar guy, but the, the type of character he had with CM Punk and then the type of character he had with Roman Reigns, it, it's, he's done like 10 character changes throughout his career. And they're all just little pieces that alter and get, and get shifted, but they all feel fresh and different. Um, and if he wasn't great 
as a character actor uh, and a fantastic on the mic throughout his entire career, then he wouldn't be successful doing that. He's one of very few guys that Vince McMahon has always trusted to be a locker room leader, to be their champion. He he didn't ever need the champion to be championship to be legitimate, but he always had it, you know, in different degrees and, and different times because you could he could you could always count on him to do it. Is he a great wrestler? No, he's probably not amazing in the ring if you were gonna grade him on a wrestling scale. I don't know how many matches he really had. Shawn Michaels, definitely, maybe a couple others that you would say are like four star classics or four and a half star classics. But that doesn't mean that just because someone's not great in the ring, Hulk Hogan was not good in the ring at all, uh, that they're not important or they're not great all time. So no, that's wrong. He's not overrated. He's one of the best wrestlers of all time. He's up there. Okay. I think that was pretty sober. I've always had a problem with people elevating him too high. People saying he's a top five all time. Here's the deal. He it depends might... what you're, if you're talking about character or wrestler. We're talking about the whole thing. Longevity. I think he's he's is a top five, maybe character. Well, here's my problem. Him. Longevity. I'm talking about the whole thing combined. Longevity is a big part of what he has done. He's a compiler in that regard. People get so angry when you say that, but it's true. It's, true. it's, it's true. elevated his resume huge. And Vince, who loves him, still pushes him giant because Vince thinks he's the greatest character of all time. I think he is actually the greatest sort of side character of all time, whether you want to call him the greatest villain or the greatest sort of like supernatural, not sort of, you know, not a, not just some wrestler, right? He's like this great, like in that regard, yes. But I don't like when people go too far with it. He cannot carry a promotion, which if you're going to be in the top five or six guys all time, we're talking about guys that could start tomorrow and carry a promotion. Never great on the mic. Wrestling did improve late in his life. I'll give him that credit. Yes, he was very athletic for a big man. But to the, to the spirit of what John Palio was asking, no, he's always been overrated. He's a little bit of a compiler. The, you can't downgrade the streak. But at the same time, if the streak never happened, this guy would not be a top 25 guy. You'd just be like, oh, wow, he's lasted a long time. Good for him. Yeah. And this I, last I, run is so damn washed. It's Patrick Ewing with the magic. Not even not even Seattle Supersonics Patrick Ewing. It's Orlando Magic Patrick Ewing. Stop oh, yeah. it. No, he's fully washed. I mean, there's no question about it. By the way, I just was looking it up while we were talking. He's been with WWE for 29 years. So the better part of three decades in the ring. He debuted in 1990. But he had Undertaker, The Dead Man, Lord of Darkness, The Ministry of Darkness, American Badass, and so on, right? So if you're someone who's been able to be around for that period of time, have that many characters, main evented that many shows, yeah, you're one of the greatest of all time. You just are. That doesn't mean that you're one of the best wrestlers of all time. It means as a character, as a personality for the industry, you matter. No, but even There's, in that category, because I have Hulk Hogan as the as the second best all time, and he's obviously not a yeah, great wrestler. He's so not I'm good just at all. Saying, but what Hogan was was a dominant A-side who could not only carry a territory of promotion, he could carry the entire genre. I think Undertaker will end up being the highest-ranked guy who wasn't an A-side alpha that can carry a whole thing. And that's a great legacy, but it doesn't mean he's number three or four all times. So people need to back uh, off. Who you do realize you who's in that? You realize he's just not there with Flair, Hogan, Rock, Austin, uh, Savage. Some people like Cena no, he's, in that he's, group. He's, he's not. He's tier two. Right. No, he's tier, he's so, tier two. So as long as he ends up tier two, yeah. then that's fine. Ninth but, he's the, but he's the top of tier two. He's like number one tier two. It, if it, you're drafting it, if you're drafting gray. it, he's second round pick one. 
He is. All right. Uh, Also in AEW news uh, or related to the revolution. Let's keep this revolution only. uh, Ty Dillinger's joining the march. He is older than we realize. He's 38. And he has asked WWE for a release saying it's mutual. And uh, look, Ty Dillinger's not going to change the game on the indie scene. But I say good for him. I think this is more not about Ty Dillinger, but about the bigger picture about Hideo Itami, about Dean Ambrose. It's happening, Adam. People are looking at their lot and saying, I can probably make more and do more elsewhere. Why am I just going to live this house show 50-50 life? Let me get out of here. And I also just find out he's engaged to uh, Peyton, Peyton Royce. Royce. Wow. Yeah. Well done, Ty Dillinger. Maybe, I mean, well, I'm not a big Ty Dillinger Perfect 10 fan. No. I, I think what it boils down to, though, Rome, is that Perfect 10 crap just pisses me off me too normally but i'm gonna give by the way that was by the way that was the end of his career yeah that was that's the last thing of any relevance that he really did but i'm gonna say shout out to ty dillinger go for it brother go for it let's get more soldiers in this army no this is good for him this is i mean a smart movie one he definitely should make apparently he's boys with cody so it makes a lot of sense but i have a legitimate question before we actually talk about the merits of this this is has nothing to do with dillinger in general do you approve, would you have done what he did, which is not just ask for his release, but then go publicly do that and write a statement and post it on Twitter at like midnight where no one's able to respond to it? Do you think that's right? Because I was thinking about it this way. Like, I don't mind it necessarily. I don't know but, what time zone he's in, so I don't know if it would But Well, he was, at, he was probably at SmackDown, but, which was in New Orleans. Um, but if I was going to quit CBS, right, I wouldn't – walk in and say, hey, I'd like to be released from my contract. And then immediately go on Twitter and say, hey, I just asked, just so everyone knows, I asked to be released from my contract. Uh, I don't know if it's going to happen soon or whatever, but I did that. Would you do that? Or wouldn't you just wait for it to happen and then leave? I'm not asking anything against him. I'm talking about in general. It could be a mixture of unhappiness. We don't know what he's promised and then never got. And it could also be strategic Maybe he's great boys with Cody and this is all a behind-the-scenes deal, or maybe he's just putting it out there to anyone. Hey, I'm coming up on being available. I'm not going to crap on the guy for that. I mean, whatever. I, I just know? It felt weird to me to do that to an employer who you may not be happy at your lot there, but unless they did something to him that was, like, actually negative, that was, like, an offense where he, like, ne- felt he needed to leave as a human being, which I doubt happened, it felt kind of weird to me to to – not just ask for your release. If you're unhappy, leave. You're a human being. Do whatever the hell you want. It just felt weird. And maybe I don't want to even use the word disrespectful, but it just felt strange to kind of put that out there publicly like, hey, F this. Where I, other guys I, don't do that. Atami well, didn't uh, do it. He waited. Atami got his release. And he was I'm like, hey, say we don't I know had a great situation. time in WWE. I'm we done. don't know if he just had, if he'd been lied to for a long time or if he just had some big blowout. We don't know any of the situation. It just felt weird. It, it did feel a little bit weird. But did you see the tweet from Joey Ryan at Joey Ryan online? You know, the, the, the King of Dong style? You know what I'm talking about? The, you mean famous dick wrestler Joey Ryan? Yes. He's interesting tweet. He said, when I started wrestling, WWE roster guys were told, quote, those indie guys are coming for your jobs. So as extra talent, we got treated like dirt. Now these WWE roster guys are quitting their jobs and coming for our indie money. Yes, they are. That's me saying that. Yeah, Joey. Yeah, Joey. They are. It's a fun time right now, Adam. It's a fun time to be there. There needs to be some understanding here. Okay. Are there people who could leave WWE and go to... AEW or Indies or Greener Pastures. Yes, there are. 
Uso's contract are apparently up. They could potentially leave. They haven't left. Okay. Dean Ambrose, it seems like he's going. It does. But I'm still not 100% convinced based on everything we've seen for reasons that we've discussed that A, he leaves or B, he actually leaves to go somewhere else as opposed to just leaves and takes a break. I don't know. He's maybe... jobbing to everybody, dude. He's yeah, he is. No, no, no. But it, th- again, that's what he would do if they wanted you to believe the storyline. But my point is, here's who's really left or like made it public that they are going, right? Cody, which was years ago and good for him. No one can argue with what he's done. Austin Aries, Hideo Itami, Ty Dillinger. That's your list in terms of guys who have said they're leaving and have actually left Ryback and we're making the assumption well. with Dillinger. Ryback, Ry- a few other side, smaller Okay, Ryback, okay, whatever. Okay, but, so but all those guys please, didn't do it. Please, famous dick wrestler Joey Ryan, who would never be offered an opportunity in WWE, spare me. If Cody came out and said that, fine. If other people came out and said that, fine. Joey Ryan, spare okay, me. Well, I, I, I think you're I, jumping I like on, I don't think I like Joey him, Ryan, by the way. I like him very well, much. I think you're misinterpreting what he's me. saying. I don't think he's coming at it bitter like, look at all these guys. I think he's celebrating the the sign of the times at the no, moment. He's that, coming out he's coming at it bitter. No, he's not. He's celebrating that Indy is this hot, that this is what kind of looks like it's happening. And by the way, and by the way, is a company with potentially hundreds of millions or tens of millions or a billion dollars behind it, is that an Indy? Because they're coming for that money. Anything they're not coming for Ring of Honor moment. money. They're not coming for PWG money or New England Wrestling Association. Okay. Everybody it, non-WWE please. at the moment is an indie, yes. And also um, – AEW is not an indie. On being the elite this week, pretty funny when they uh, ripped, their, ripped their own lot when Kenny Omega was uh, saying, look, like, when's the next show? And that, that was good. <laughs> it was, was funny. I mean, look, you poke fun at yourself. It's good humor. A final bit of note on the revolution, although it's more WWE related. DX is going to headline the 2019 Hall of Fame this year in New York. Uh, ESPN's Tim Fiorvanti broke the story of my old broski. Um, Wait, how is this tangentially related to the revolution? I don't think it is, but a lot of people DM me going, wow, the <laughs> revolution must really be real. We're getting badass Billy Gunn in the Hall of Fame straight from the offices of AEW. Oh, okay. No, I, I, look, I just wanted to get it on the show. and um, Yeah, we didn't talk about it. That's our. Point. I love this in a lot of ways. I love that Sean Waltman's going to get his chance when you consider yep. that individually not a Hall of Famer. Nope. Love the guy, but when you consider that he was part of DX and NWO at its peak and is – an overachiever in so many ways inside the ring. Great for that and great for China. And I've yeah. been on the side of the street for a long time that said China needs to go in no matter what and she needs to go in solo. But obviously we have to look at the realities of what happens when you leave WWE, you get into some really bad personal turmoil and you do adult movies with titles that are aimed at your wrestling character, then it's going to be really hard for you to get back. Didn't she sue WWE or yeah, uh, a wrestler for... Sexual assault or something there's also? a lot of stuff. And then, of course, okay. the Stefan Tripp's connection makes it even harder. So, but, I mean, there's um, a lot of, like, like, look, China deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. She deserved to be in the Hall of Fame years ago. But let's not act, and people just, like, like brushing this past, let's not act like this was not a difficult move. It is. And this so, is the best way to get her in, to get her started, and then eventually down the line, when people start forgetting some of that stuff, you put her in solo. That's a good point. She will get in solo down the line. I, I like this a lot for just to have her in. If this is the end of it, at least she's in. I'm very happy for it. Um, if they're headlining, this is I got to find out who's on that Ring of Honor NJPW card because in the beginning that seemed like that was the front ship in this Revolution train, right? The front car in the Revolution train. Obviously, things have changed. Um, if this, I still, 
If I still part... can't imagine us going to Hall of Fame. I, I love DX too, but... Well, I'm definitely going to Hall of Fame in some form because it's the best... Uh, I'll give WWE credit. For the big events like Mania, they give you access. The best access of the year is Hall of Fame red carpet because it's random. You never yeah. know who you're going to get, and everybody's there, and you got to just grab them, and you get them for four hot minutes, and it's great. And if DX is headlining and they get people that are worth hearing the speeches, even though the last few years have been infuriating, thank you, Hillbilly Jim, um... I don't know, dude. This ring, I mean, are we going to get visas for all these guys in NJPW? Is this show going to matter, the Supercard? I can't believe I'm turning on it this quick, but uh, they got to be. It's going to be a decision that we have to make. Also, not just that, but like, you remember last year, we are going to be exhausted. And we made a really smart move. We got to hang out with some people while Hall of Fame was still going on last year that made it a lot more fun to hang out than be at that Hall of Fame. So we have not yet gone to sit at the Hall of Fame in the two years that at least you and I have covered WrestleMania. I've never been even for the red carpet. I'm going this year. Very excited about that. Um, but, you know, candidly, I don't think there's any reason to sit through the actual show. It's long. If DX is the headliner, they're going to be at the end. And even if we didn't see NJPW in Ring of Honor, I'd rather almost sit home than go, than just sit in the crowd for three hours. Like, forget three, five hours. Who, who knows how long it's going to be? Th- they got the damn garden. They better splash the pot. I went from supporting them to not putting the pressure on them. I also have never been to the garden. That's like, I oh, need to wow. go to the garden. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah you got to yeah. be there. You got you to. There's a lot of reasons to go. Uh, who, to two questions. One, do you think one day the New Age Outlaws on their own should be in the Hall of Fame? And two, who inducts DX? All right, number one, I'm going to say no, and I don't think they will eventually because they're going to get in as DX, and that'll be fine for them. And look, they're great, they're fine, but no, they they do not. They do they're not on that um, they're not on the Dudley's level or the Usos level even. No, they they had a great role. They played a great role back then. They're going to get in DX. Congratulations. Who indocks them? Wow. I have the answer. I don't think they'll do it. And by the way, I'm not happy that Rick Rude's not getting a shout out here. I know the, I'm I know, totally fine with it. He was there for a month. I know you can't have everybody just like when the Four Horsemen ran, went in. Guess who wasn't there? Paul Roma, not there you know, when the Four Horsemen went. When the you four know who was in DX in. longer than uh, Rick Rude? Who? Tori. Wow. Tori was that, in for like three months. That he is was a in, deep he, cut. He was in for one month. You know, I would have lost a trivia question there. I forgot that ever happened that Tori was ever in there. Wow. Yeah. Right, Hornswoggle also, he wasn't in DX, but he had like a month and a half with them kind of doing things too. So. There's a lot of you can't put everyone in. This is the right group to go in for DX. I I wouldn't even think twice about putting Rick Rudin in terms of who should induct them. The only legitimate name I can come up with is one, Sergeant Slaughter. There's no one else I can think of, honestly. Uh, who else would it be? I, like Vince? Uh, no, 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 no. Stephanie? No. Did they who who did they who did that faction feud against the most? Did Austin feud, the Rock. I mean, feud, what, what about the Rock putting him in? And the 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 Rock still has to get inducted himself. He's not showing up until he's getting inducted. That's true. That's true. Uh, Farouk. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Tough, we'll see what happens. Right. Steph. Oh, Steph. Steph will put in her husband. Yeah. yeah come on. Dude, How many times do you think Triple H gets in the Hall of Fame? Like seventeen. By the way, DM slide late coming in from Brian Owens at Owens Eleven B. He says Hall of Fame. More like now the Hall of Game. Ayo, you, you okay with that joke? Or no, it's okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah, Trips is going to get in now, then yeah. and forever. He's going to get in with DX. He's going to get in with Evolution is a mystery, and he's going to get in alone. And then also, and I think, he, and by the way, I think he should. 
Yeah, oh. he'll get in three times, and and then he'll yeah. get in a fourth time as terrorizing and uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's and oh, they'll get in so, the fifth time as the patriarch of NXT. So yeah, I guess so, no, three times, three times. Okay. So Shawn Michaels will join Ric Flair as the only two to be in twice. Yes. So far, that might change literally any day now. Uh, but so far, uh, you know, as singles competitors and as part of a faction, Ric Flair would obviously have the opportunity to get in a third time if Evolution goes in with Triple H. I think that's extremely interesting. In this made-up Hall of Fame, where that has Coco Beware and Rikishi for crap's sake, yeah, yeah, that's right, very... and not people who really just des- like who really deserve to be in there. Yeah. By the way, for as crappy as the standards can be at times with the WWE Hall of Fame, the UFC Hall of Fame is e- even worse. Even like just makes no. It's all company favors to dudes who were like company men, like Matt Sarah getting in with an eleven and seven record before like you know Pioneer guys. It just doesn't make any sense. You know what's actually good though? The World Boxing Hall of Fame. You mean the International Boxing Hall? Well, there's a International Boxing Hall. Yeah, yeah. International Boxing Hall of Fame has a pretty stringent thing. Actually, when Arturo Gatti got in, a lot of people were mad. That sort of opened the yeah. floodgates for more entertainment style guys to it's get in. It's probably the best, most legitimate of the three combat sports Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's not as legitimate as the Baseball Hall of Fame. Well, before Harold Baines, they've changed everything. Yeah. Well, Baseball Hall of Fame is a whole cluster right now. I mean, I don't like anything they're doing. But all right, we're deep in the weeds here, Adam. Uh, we are. We, we are. Have, we we can't, I don't think we don't have time to book this damn WrestleMania territory. We're gonna have to wait till next week. We don't. Yeah, we were planning, folks, to uh, for BC and I each to give our WrestleMania cards as close to um, what's actually going down now, at least using that as reference points. I guess is the best way right, to put then it. I want to ask we'll, you a question. We have to save it. Yeah. Well, I want to ask you this question because it's connected to Kofi. If not sure. Kofi, who's Daniel Bryan facing for the championship at Mania? So I have an idea, but. Unfortunately, just like you got the Meltzer thing retweeted into your timeline. And by the way, Brian b- brought up Meltzer twice on the show, zero times for the Silver King until right now. Um, I got something retweeted into my timeline that kind of gives me an idea, and it's a good one. So I want to share it, but I don't because I don't, I don't want to break our kind of truce. If it's okay, then I don't know. I haven't seen it. If it's yeah. John Cena, it works. It works. It's not that, but if I was booking, I think it makes so much sense to do that, and John Cena doesn't need to win. That's why it makes it yes. even worse. And Daniel Bryan having been his brother-in-law for, for almost for a short period and sort of has, uh, yeah, because they were they were a little bit heated on that original Total Bella season, right? Yeah, and then, it you know, they became really close. It seemed like um, it, it's a ready-made storyline. Oh, my God. It really oh, is. my God. Is Miz using Shane to get himself against Daniel Bryan? No, they're both heels. That, that's not going to happen. No, Miz is a face. You, think this is you a- have an issue. You have an issue, and people have tweeted this to me. You have an issue knowing who's a face and who's a heel at any given time. Miz is still a heel right now. Miz is a face. He's getting. He's been getting cheered for weeks. Right, but he's not really a face. Like, yes, he, he is. He's, he's a getting huge shined face. up as a face because he's got the new season of the show coming out because he was with Shane. He just had his wife come out on stage and announce their pregnancy and got a huge cheer. Yeah, that's always he, a baby face. He's a face. Thing. He's a full on face right now. Um, how about this? I won't say what I read but I'll kind of give the tease. It's someone who is not on TV regularly, not John Cena, oh God, but someone who's not really on TV right now that Batista, is apparently, part, so is apparently a, a, an option, I guess is the best way to put it. Triple um, H? <laughs> no. Um, but really, the, if it's not Kofi, it's a mistake. Uh, just to go back to my earlier point. Oh, no, the, I just realized who it could be. Please, yeah. Adam. No, no. We, we can't, we can't, we can't. <laughs> No, please don't. That would be quite a troll Hell for them no. to not put Kofi in 
and bring Kane back and put him in the main event oh, or the WWE like title. One more nail in Katie Vick's coffin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll give him that. Yeah. Him All that. right, BC, we had a lot of show today. We will get to booking the damn territory for WrestleMania 35, hopefully next week, unless everything goes crazy again and we have another two-hour show. Uh, but did anything hit you in the damn field spot this week? Anything in particular? That's a good question. Um, no, no, no. I like being okay. the elite this week. I've been, I've been almost out. Not out, but I've been like, man, they got to kind of bring it. This week's episode, it, it made me pop. You know, them poking fun at themselves in a couple different ways, calling themselves a t-shirt store, all that. Uh, seeing the behind the scenes of Kenny with the suit on and at the at mm-hmm. the hotel in Vegas. Uh yeah, I'm excited about where we're going here. So that kind of popped me a little bit. I actually agree. I, I tend to watch Being the Elite when it comes out like right away because usually I'm at work and I can do it. Um, this was one of the best episodes they've had in months. It really has not been great recently. But the Kenny moment and the Joey Janela, Penelope, Scott Steiner moment, I thought were both very good. Um, my feel spot was just that Ricochet Adam Cole match from NXT. It was really good. Two weeks in a row of great NXT. By the way, Tonight, for the Wednesday night show, anyone listening to this early, you're not only getting that, you're also getting, when I say that, I mean the um, uh, North American Championship match, Johnny Gargano, Velveteen Dream. You're also getting Aleister Black against Roderick Strong tonight at the show, which is going to be great, and the announcement. And tonight in Orlando, they're taping, I think, the rest of the episodes up until WrestleMania, or if not the rest of them, then at least the next like four or five. So there's a bunch of NXT stuff that's going to happen on Wednesday, this Wednesday, and we hope to talk about it hopefully sooner than later. Yeah, shout out to our listeners. Follow us at State of Combat. Uh, keep reviewing us. Keep doing that. Shout out to Jimmy Wang Yang. Because I'm a redneck. My name is Jimmy Wang Yang. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I'm your boy. And I'm Mr. your boy, um, you piece of trash. You're the biggest piece of trash I've ever met in my life. Uh, anything else? You got anything else? Shaka and Osaka? Anything else? I don't know if I'm. I, I don't know if I'll ever watch NJPW again. Sorry, sorry, guys. It's really difficult to care. It is. It's a problem. They took the revolution out of that banner and they put it under another. So let's see where we go here, guys. And remember what the end game of the revolution is, folks. Before you get all mad at me. Before you say BC's driving AEW down my throats. This is like Roman Reigns all over again. The end game is that WWE lives up to their own potential. Is it that hard, guys? Is it that hard to want compelling week-to-week content? Would you stay watching uh, Walking Dead or Game of Thrones or The Wire if it pissed you off that much? here's Here's the thing. You're right that that's the end goal, and you've stated that forever, okay? So I believe you when you say that's the end goal. But when people hear you talk about it, it's they think you're reveling in, like, WWE failing when it's not actually failing when these relative relatively minor developments are relatively minor. They're not major happenings. So people think that you're blowing, you're making mountains out of molehills to hate on WWE. That's how it comes across. Even though I do believe you that deep down, you do hope that AEW succeeds. So WWE gets way better. Exactly. Cause that's know- the problem though. That's how you come across. You know, a lot of us in our early 20s were just like deadbeat dirtbags trying to figure out life. And you know the only way to turn a deadbeat boyfriend around? Knock up his girlfriend. Because then (laughs) he's got to take life serious again. There's a new child coming into the world. And right now, AEW is that new child. So it's time for us to bang Linda. 
No, that, that math doesn't really work out, does it? I don't really know where I'm going with that. You know, they say all men are created equal, but you look at me and you look at small Joe and you can see that statement is not true. See, normally if you go one-on-one with another wrestler, you got a 50-50 chance of winning. But I'm a genetic freak and I'm not normal. So you got a 25% at best at beating me. And then you add Kurt Angle to the mix, your chances of winning drastically go down. See, the three-way at sacrifice, you got a 33 and a third chance of winning. But I, I got a 66 and two-thirds chance of winning because Kurt Angle knows he can't beat me and he's not even going to try. See, Steiner math works every time, Adam. So you can't be half pregnant, but the, the revolution's coming. Yeah, and that is the perfect way to say goodbye. Okay, you know, say goodbye. Goodbye. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Okay, now get out of here. Oh, that's right a little now. rough, Randy. Oh, yeah, but it is rough. Yeah, wrestling is a rough sport. Yeah, that's it, folks. We out.